I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna start boosting some posts. Kate. Yeah, I'm gonna start paying for my <laughs> some of my like personal posts. Just yeah. let's. I'm gonna advertise that shit. I'm gonna put po- I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna be like divorce announcement. When it's all said and done, I'm gonna pay to boost the post. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay? Yeah, I've had a tough few days, but I'm here. I'm back in New York. I came back very quickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking that I was going to get to see you, but I know I was going to stay. I was supposed to stay and then um it was just, it was, just, there was some stuff that was just hard. And then um, I had a really weird thing that I don't think I have really processed yet. So I have therapy today and I don't want to talk about it exactly, but like a really <laughs> weird, really, really fucking weird thing happened after that awards show to me, inter- like by uh, an actor, like telling me something that was just, it was shocking. It was just, everything was, it was weird. Okay. And I had a really hard time. And then thankfully Jen was there and Michelle was there and Renee Lee Goldsberry was there and they like sort of like scooped me and whisked me away to another location. Sometimes a secondary location is a good thing. Is yeah, what I'm going to say. Most of the time it's not. Yeah. But sometimes you got to get the fuck out. Yes. And like, that's when you need your best friends to just be like, we're leaving. Bye. If it's a real um, friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, I don't know exactly how I want to talk about it. So I'm not going to talk about it, but just, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just okay. really hard. Okay. And weird. All right. And I'll tell you later. Yeah. When yeah. we're not on the podcast. Yeah. But I just feel because like, like I, I wrote that Instagram post yesterday when I was on the plane on the way back. And I think I, it was like a little weird, I think. But I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But like, I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like really having some, I'm just really going through it. And yeah. like how, And it was a really weird it was a great it was actually like a super fun night yeah um even though michelle's even though the fablemans like didn't win michelle didn't win that was like it's a bummer you know yeah. she's so good in that movie yeah um she's so good in that movie it's I like i feel like it's just such a weird time for movies it's I, also a hard year yeah yeah and and i know that she's exceptional in this movie And I just feel like certain movies are getting so much attention. And and listen, Everything Everywhere All at Once is a great movie. It's fucking fantastic. I'm so happy for Kihai Kwan winning all these awards. I love him. He is the best friend still of my attorney, Jeff Cohen, um, from the days when they were in The Goonies together. They're still best friends. That's amazing. That's fucking amazing. My husband played poker with them at Jeff's house and... And he says that, like, their friendship is just a thing to behold. It's delightful. Um, And that's just because they're good, good people. Yeah. And, like, obviously, on a personal note, I love a fucking success story of a child actor. Yes. Obviously. (laughs) Yes. Not that I was even, like, a child so much. But, like, you know, I really relate deeply to, like, that, that 
feeling of like, oh, did, was the best thing I did when being on Freaks and Geeks when I was 19. You know what I mean? Like, I've had those moments. I've had those thoughts. No, I'm serious. Yeah. No, like, I was not. trying. I, I don't was think it's true. To, but like, well, I was trying to think of like, I mean, it was the best thing at the time. And then and now it's like a different time and like in time and space, you're in a different, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that I wonder that, too. I'm always like, is my is my best behind me? But it just, you know it still is you, you know, like it's, it's such a weird thing. I get, I get in that space where I'm wondering like, will I never do another like great thing? And then when I really think about it, I'm like, oh, I think what I'm asking is, will I never do another thing that makes people think I'm a big deal? And that like other people think is a great thing. And like that, that was some of the things that I've done in the past that that was like the kind of validation that I needed at the time, but maybe I don't need that validation anymore. And so now maybe great things are like more personal and more private or whatever, but I don't know. But it's it's all your whole life. It's all parts of your whole life anyway. So it's not past. It's always part of you. Always. I also just thought there were some really beautiful, like I was like happy to be there to see some really inspiring and like amazing speeches by actors like I do love actors so much I'm a fan I was um I had a chance to (laughs) chat a little bit no like for two seconds with Andrew Garfield like he came to say hi to Michelle I mean I'm obsessed with him but he's he's like so he didn't I know it didn't seem like he wanted to make out with me but it's okay (laughs) I mean I like, well, he has the thing I, going on with the chicken sh- chicken shop I don't date talk lady. About I don't want to talk about chicken shop. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. And also selfishly, I did. I wished that he had wanted to make out with me. That's I'm, all I'm ashamed of how many times I've watched the couple videos it's of him really with the cute. chicken it's really shop cute. date lady. But he's maybe just kind of like that with everyone. I'm not trying to be. I'm not like he's like very. He's just very like fucking flirty and cute. And I think and like she's fucking like, charming. She's like that with everyone. So then oh, that's, well, that's why I think thing. right. But that's, that's why I point. think when they're together, it's just like combustible. Yeah. I mean. Anyway, the point being, Andrew Garfield. Wait, why did I bring that up? Just because I wanted to. You say just his name, you I got think, to but, chat with him for a couple seconds. Uh huh. And. But what were we talking? What were we just talking about? You were just oh, saying, actors. I love inspirational. Actors. Oh, I love actors. Oh, and we were saying I was. We were talking about that like a little bit because Jen and I were talking to him and saying like, um, you know how much we loved uh, the the Jonathan Larson uh, the Tick Tick Boom movie yes. and like his performance in it yes. is so good, and I feel this like I love that I loved how that movie with yes. him like he's so good in that. And we were just saying like how it's weird that sometimes being a fan is considered uncool when the truth is like there's nothing better than people who enjoy other people's shit, you know? And so like yeah. I really do. I've always like what are you know, do- what is anyone doing it for but besides to have someone appreciate it? Or enjoy it or have it mean something to them or have it connect in some way. Exactly. But like I think sometimes creative people, artists occasionally have been like fed some kind of lie that like to appreciate be a fan over someone else's work like somehow like 
like you're not supposed to do that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's stupid. I think it's like so wonderful when people are not like competitive or weird in this industry, but instead just like are genuinely so excited for others when they make good stuff and they get it done. And it's because it's so we know how hard it is to like literally fucking do anything, anything. Yeah. And like to then get it like to a point that others even see it and that people respond to it. It's like, I don't know. I, I like, I like people being fans. I like being a fan. Yeah, you know what? And I, I really would like to make out with Andrew Garfield. I'm just going to say it. I mean, who wouldn't? Who I, I don't know. I honestly, think me saying think it on like, this podcast is like it's literally never going to happen. It's so. probably never going to happen. You're probably no, cursing yourself to it never happening. But I also just feel like literally every person would probably make out with Andrew Garfield if given the I don't opportunity. Know, is that true? Do you I think? I feel like I feel like huh. and I feel like people that I think he's that, like a specific taste. I think he's a specific I, I don't feel know. like anyone who's like I wouldn't I don't I don't I don't get it. I think they're not not being honest with us or themselves. There are certain people though that are like unanimously agreed upon like as being super hot and yes. dudes and I don't get it. Yeah. I'm se- I'm serious. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one right now. Well, um, but it doesn't matter. I just know that there've been like people where I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Sometimes. Well, I mean, I have to say that like I must have a, a type. No, I don't have a type. I think I have a type that like like blonde gentlemen usually are not for me, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that too, except then when I was in Sweden, I was like, oh, maybe they are for me. Right. So who knows? But, um, but yeah, who, who knows? But the thing about being a fan, you know, when I really like, when I learned this lesson, I think for good was that one time I heard the person I heard about Lady Gaga from was Elton John. I heard him saying there's this performer, Lady Gaga, and like, Everybody is going to love her and like, well, nobody's ever mad that Elton John is like a fan of something, you know? And he was like, right. Everybody did love Lady Gaga when they figured out who she was. And so I was like, if Elton John is out here, if he's like a fan and like spreading the gospel of performers that we should look out for or whatever, then none of us should be. I think it's also like, I think it's also like it's a product of like, cynicism or people wanting to be or appear cool yeah or like, like cooler com- which is like probably and, competitiveness and competitive it? but I do think that like maybe that tide is turning a little bit because in the last few years shit's just been so brutal that it's like I don't know like it's okay to just not be cool yeah it's okay to like geek out on someone you know it's okay too to like, fucking short to yeah. be cool You know, it's just, it's too short. And like, you know, there's a difference between like being cool and like being cool. Like, obviously don't make someone uncomfortable with your, (laughs) you know, with your, your praise or whatever. Like people have boundaries and stuff like that. But, and so like when you say like, be cool, like be chill, maybe we need to differentiate between being, being cool and being chill. But, uh, being, you know, being too cool to tell someone like, hey, that really knocked me out the way that you did that, I think is like weird. Like, that's literally the reason why people do things is to like, make a connection with someone else. So to deprive someone of knowing that they made a connection to you and spoke to your heart a little bit is weird. It's mean. It is kind of mean. 
Anyway, how was your week? What's happening? Um, everything's fine. I do want to say thank you for being here after you had like a weird time and like a weird change of plans and stuff. Like I appreciate you coming to to talk anyway. Well, I mean, it is, you know, my job. <laughs> it is, but also like it's a, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes we call out from the job and. I know I was considering it, but I really like Harvey and I didn't want to do that to him because I feel like he's a really good person and I didn't, I just wanted to like be able to um, talk to him and he's yeah. really nice. He's so great. Yeah. Coming up, we have Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows is our guest today. And uh, we will, you'll hear how we all met up. And, um, <laughs> but we were really excited yeah. that he could come and chat with us. So he's coming up. So thank you for showing up for Harvey and for me. I appreciate and you. Yeah. I appreciate love you. that and everybody listening. But um, my week has been fine like it went by fast um yeah like real talk this is like real talk i'm waiting for my mom's death certificate to come because i can't do anything until i get that death certificate and so i've been like um a sadder version of charlie brown checking the mailbox for valentine's (laughs) (laughs) um but it's like for real like i tried to get my mom's uh i had a moment that i wasn't proud of but also i was like oh what the fuck like I went to the post office to try to get her mail forwarded to me mm-hmm. um just so it'll stop like filling up her condo mailbox or whatever mm-hmm. and um the person was like you know I was like hi I I need to like get mail forwarded to my address and she was like are you moving and I was like um yeah, yeah no well Kind of. And I was just having a hard time finding my words. And she just launched into this, like, you can only forward mail if you're moving and blah, 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 you know. And she was just, like, being really rough. And I was, like, trying to get a word in edgewise at that point. And I was, like, my mother died. And she was just, like, at that point, she was so full steam ahead, like, in an officious snit of telling me, like, how things are. She said, well, I'm sorry, You know, like, she was trying to say, like, okay, I see what's happening now, and I'm sorry, but I still have to be mean to you because I was just being mean, like, one second ago. And she was like, well, I'm sorry, but you can't do it unless you have a document stating that you're the power of attorney and you need the death certificate. And I was just like – I just walked away at that point, and I was like, "You, I, if you had let me just talk, I could have just talked to you, but you – weren't interested in letting me talk. But now you're telling me there's nothing I can do. I'm walking away. But I just was like, I wasn't super proud of like how I handled it because whatever. But how are you supposed to handle it? You know what I mean? How are you? What are you supposed to do when someone's I mean, I like, I think you handled it better than I would have. <laughs> if I'm I, being real. I don't know. No. I don't know. And I a- probably would have been like a dick. Like I, you, you sound like you just were your way is probably actually more effective to making her feel like an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I wasn't even really trying to, I mean, I, know I guess not. I was I trying to make her feel like no, an I asshole. Don't, she I don't was, think you were. I think you were just like, this is, yeah. I she mean, was being an asshole, but I'm right. also just like, just let people talk. Give people one second. It's not like, you know, here's the thing. If anyone's, uh, listen, I'm trying to like make a universal whatever about like postal workers. <laughs> 
But anyone, if someone's coming up to you and trying to do something like change their address, chances are they're going through something, you know, whether it's good or bad. It's not something that you do every day. You know what I mean? So when you don't do something every day, like it might take you a second to like find your words, whether it's good or bad. And like she didn't even let me find the words of like, you know, well, my mom didn't leave a power of attorney because she died before she was before we did that. Or like, not that it's any of your fucking business, but like, this is what the lawyer told me to do. So I'm trying to do it. And like now you're talking to me like I'm a fucking child. And, you know, like, and like also trying to tap the brakes after you already went from zero to 100 and you're trying to tap the brakes now that I'm saying like my mother died, but you're still being like half a bitch. Like, just I think that it's interesting, though, like that's I don't know. Going from zero to 100 is like that's a really interesting idea. Like. Like, I think that it's a I think that's actually like a challenge for all of us, like in our lives, we all look, maybe we're not working at the fucking post office or even, I don't know, in customer service or whatever, but whatever job you have, wherever you, in your life, in your family, with your kids, like with your parents, whatever, like, I think that people really do have a tendency to, to expect that they know what is about to be said. And it like sometimes causes people to jump from zero to 60. And like the trick is like that moment in between jumping where you do get or allow like you allow yourself to like give a beat and take a breath and then like you can respond in kind and like allow for the other person to say what they need to say the thing that happened to me was a person who also just like jumped from zero to 60 but who also may there might be just that person might just be fucking lunatic I don't know (laughs) it's possible it's always possible and listen I get that like by the same token that I'm asking like for people to consider that I might be going through something like I'm also considerate of the fact that you know working in the post office or wherever you work that that's hard and that you've dealt with a million dipshits every day. Uh, But here's the thing is that like, well, we've kind of talked about this before in the podcast, like dealing with a million dipshits is cumulative and it wears on a person. But at the same time, if it's your job to like help people at the desk that you're standing at, you have to freshly assume that every new person is not a new dipshit. Until proven otherwise, you know? Right, Um, right, 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 right. And so, you know, like, I don't treat all people that work in the service industry like they're mean because that lady was mean to me. You know, that's not my assumption, you know? So it's just, I don't know. It's just hard. I I mean, I feel like my mantra going forward is just assume everyone is going through something and has gone through something because we all fucking have. You know, so like, yeah, I also would add to that, like, be kind. Yeah. Be chill. Like, yeah, be chill. Be chill. Gina got sad because Quinn, who's like, walks Gina and plays with her and took her to the dog park, 
came back and grabbed something. She's got to like run an errand for me and left Gina here. And Gina's now looking longingly at the door. Like what happened? What did I do? Was it something I said? Aw, Gina's going through something too. Yeah. So you just, you just don't know. And like, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to break anyone down in their day or whatever, or, you know, I, I know it's, it's hard. It's every, everybody has it hard. They, they really do. Like, no two ways about it, but um, anywho, waiting for death certificates. Who knew it took so long and that you can't do shit without them? I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I, I'm glad. I guess I'm glad I didn't know until this point. That's uh, that's a huge luxury to not have to know that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind <sighs> of been my week. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh oh, but one thing that I meant to say on last week's podcast, but we never got around to it, speaking of my mom and stuff, is that um in her uh obituary that I wrote that we talked about yeah. a couple weeks ago, I very specifically called out how she would like to go in search of snowy owls. Um, how that was like a big deal to like uh-huh. hear that a snowy owl so was on the cape and uh-huh. you know tramp out to wherever it was, wherever you heard it was, and try to photograph it. Um, There has been a snowy owl 3,000 miles away from home in Cypress, California, which is not far from here. And yeah, so um, has been visiting and so many people have been sharing pictures of the snowy owl that's just hanging out on top of someone's house in California. And so uh, my family has been enjoying that and being like, you know what, maybe that's a maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign. Of course, it's a sign. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we also might be going a little overboard. Eli was like house sitting and it's been still wildly rainy in California. And I guess an earthworm came up someone's sink drain. And uh, yeah, and he was like, I just was like, very gently took it outside, you know, in case it was somebody. (laughs) I was like, I hope that's really funny. (laughs) I hope to God that your grandmother didn't come back as an earthworm, but I'm sure if it was her, she appreciated it. And, uh, he said that he thought maybe an earthworm wouldn't be your first choice to be reincarnated, but maybe it's the easiest thing to come back as. Maybe you can do that the quickest and, like, get through the red tape the fastest if you agree to being an earthworm. So, anyway, that's where we all are at this point. That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you something. Children's vitamins, basically candy in disguise. Two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, gummy junk, sticks in their teeth, and then you have to take them to the dentist, and then they tell you, oh, wow, your three-year-old has seven cavities. And then you have mom shamed. Then you're mom shamed. And that's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved Superpower chewable vitamin. Most children's vitamins are filled with at least five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, including those cavities that we were just talking about. But not Haya. Haya is made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk, 
tastes great, is perfect for picky eaters. Even Cricket will eat her Haya vitamins. <laughs> I love them. I've had them. Have you tried them? Yes, I've had them as well. I love a children's chewable vitamin. Me too. In the form of Haya. <laughs> Not going to lie. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Guys, my kids love it. They decorated their little bottle, their reusable bottle. Each of them, they know which one is theirs, which I love. And in case you're the kind of parent who worries about this kind of thing, non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, everything else you can imagine, anything else that you'd be worried about, it's not in there. So don't worry. Plus, it's delivered straight to your door. You have one less thing to worry about. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim the deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Wait, do you want to hear the craziest thing? Yes. LA was weird, but you know what was not weird? What? That I met Cassandra, the woman that invented invented started kitsch you did I did I met her getting coffee one morning and she was with her children and her hair was beautiful of course and I said you know what I'm so embarrassed because I forgot the satin my satin scrunchies and about to go work out and she was like where are you staying I'm gonna send you some I'm like you know what I love you so much you're the best Cassandra. Satin, the satin, like the satin. Yeah, the original satin scrunchies. Yeah, which like save your hair from breakage. Yes. Guys, I've loved Kitsch forever. We love Cassandra. We love her. We love the products. Also, I've been using those heatless satin curling rollers. Yes. Okay, I'm so sorry. You guys, no more heat damage. There are like a bunch of TikTok videos of people throwing away $600 curlers <laughs> for this. It's only a fraction of the price. It costs $18. Birdie and I got it over Christmas. It's my favorite thing ever. I'm obsessed. I've posted lots of videos on my Instagram of me doing these like heatless satin curling rollers. I cannot recommend them enough. Now, look, I know I chopped my hair off. I'm going to still use them. You're going to still use them. But if you have long hair, highly recommend as well. It's amazing. You know what? I just ordered the shampoo and conditioner bars because my favorite Michaela TikTok makeup artist, Star, Star from Boston. Such a star. She loves the shampoo and conditioner bars and highly recommends. And she has, you know, really fine hair like I do. So I'm going to try those out. Listen, there's also the quick dry hair towels, the classic hair ties and scrunchies, so many more things. They've got like special collabs with like Bridgerton and Stranger Things. And I am obsessed. And now I met Cassandra in real life and I saw her adorable children and her gorgeous husband. And guys, I'm on board. <laughs> right now, 
Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash best. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch. It's spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash best. One more time. Mykitsch.com slash best. 30% off your order, guys. Get into it. Um, I cut my hair. You did cut your hair. It looks beautiful. Uh-huh. You got your eyebrows done. I saw. My eyebrows done. I did. I did. Yeah. I like uh, had a really interesting, weird night. Um, and And then I like flew back yesterday and... Gina's really cute and oh my god guess what cricket went Mark took cricket so Bertie's on a school trip this week oh good yeah which is like very cool um and so Mark took cricket to Washington DC because they had this thing called the office experience it's like you know like peacock yeah by the way no peacock strings were pulled Mark just like bought tickets online sure and, you know, it's like, uh, like, have you seen like the Friends experience? Yeah. Or, like it's the like, Stranger Things experience. Yeah, it's kind like, of like a museum slash. Every, everyone's like, everyone's into like experiential things. Yes. Maybe we should figure out how to do, make our tour more experiential. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Kate Berlant's show, actually, if you guys, I think it's back up. If you get a chance and if you're in New York, go see Kate, if you can get tickets. Um, because I feel like Kate's show is a little experiential. Yeah. Like it's a it's kind of like a a way that people wanna do things now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wanna be able to like take a picture, like yes. and like and like have that. Anyway, um so Cricket and Mark had a little trip to DC together and he took her to a bunch of museums and she loved them. And then uh, it ended, it culminated with the office experience. Oh, and I love that. I saw a picture of her, um, doing, uh, where, the chili, the chili. Yes. I know. I wanted to send it to Brian. We need to send it over to him to see. <laughs> cause it's like, it's really, it was so cute. She had the best time and I got home last night and it was pretty late, but she still, she showed me all the things that she had gotten on their trip. And then she showed me, um, like a video she had made to the office theme uh, music of just like that. her her trip there. And it's so cute. And um, she's a really special kid. She's really, really, um, she's just really cool. You know, Cricket's like a very, uh, she's like a, she's a unicorn, you know, yeah. she's a fucking unicorn. I always enjoy and, hanging out with her myself. Yeah. She's a good hang. Yeah. Um, and... I slept real fucking hard uh, last night and didn't, I like slept in. I was going to work out this morning and um, and I just kept sleeping and <laughs> just really kept sleeping. That sounds good. Um, honestly, it felt good. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's all I know, I guess. I don't know. And then Birdie's, Birdie went to the White House on her school. They're doing their like eighth grade. DC trip. Oh, you know? yeah. Like yeah. how people do that. Yeah. How <laughs> people do that. <laughs> oh, and I got to I got to show Claire Foy. I got to meet Claire Foy at the Critics Choice Awards and I showed her the picture of Birdie as her as Aww. Queen Elizabeth. And she was like, 
oh my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. She's gorgeous. And I was like, she is gorgeous. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that you I know, it was really cute. That. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of our live shows, we should talk about it a little bit. I think we should. I actually had a question for you. Yeah, what's are the we question? are we released? Did we decide are we releasing the live shows as podcasts? Are they gonna or what are we doing? I don't think we fully decided yet because we kind of like <sighs> asked listeners like because when we recorded the show and put it out in Toronto from Toronto, it no one cared. It's not that no one cared. It just wasn't as widely listened to as a regular podcast episode. And so we asked people, like, why that was. And people, some people said they felt uh, bad. And, like, they, yeah, and, like, they didn't deserve to listen to it because they hadn't been at the show, which I was like, okay. Some people said they felt FOMO. Some people said in their experience, um, live podcasts, recordings are bad the sound quality is bad which wasn't the case with ours just fyi like we got really lucky and the people that recorded it in toronto for us uh did an amazing job and it sounded great so that wasn't the issue um so yeah so we we hadn't really decided whether we were gonna just release those as bonuses release them on the Substack, or whether we we're gonna put them as regular regular podcast episode. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I do think the only thing I was thinking is just that week is like a lot of, that'll be a lot of talking yeah. for us. Yes, it will. But I don't know. Um, I'm excited to go on tour. We, there are still tickets, guys, There's especially still- for San Francisco and Boston and Jersey's very close to being sold out. So you can get those tickets. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be at the San Francisco uh, Palace of Fine Arts. Is that correct? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Casey, I mean, why are you thinking? Why do you think like, I don't even know. And it's like the, is it the second or the third of February? Which day is it? It's the third of February. The third of February. There um, you go. And it's the San Francisco Palace of Fine Arts on February 3rd. And then on February 9th, we're going to be in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. Fun. And then on February 11th, we're going to be at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And that's in Newark, New Jersey, very close to New York City in the tri-state area. And so there's tickets available for all three of those shows left. They're really big venues, but we'd love to try to fill them. We're going to do our damnedest to fill them. And so we'd love it if you all came out to see us um, in those places. And, And we have special surprise guests coming. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and don't let my current mood deter <laughs> you. Don't let the fact that Casey and I are both currently going through it going, deter you. Well, because it's once be fun guys, it'll be fun. Once you see a stage and those lights Busy Phillips uh, like a switch flips and she's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're just all well, I was I was born for the stage. Born Everybody for the stage. That. Yeah, yes. everyone knows I was meant to be on stage. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I am really excited about the shows. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I would love to see all of your little faces. Yeah, and, and if you I'll need to, if you need yeah. to know where to get tickets, you can go um, on our Instagram page. We have info uh, about where you can get 
tickets, but also you can just go to the websites of those theaters and mm-hmm. check those dates to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can just, I think they're available, you know, just Google Busy Phillips is doing her best and your town and Newark and it should pop up. Uh, if if mm. all else fails, you should be able to, to find tickets for it. And, um, you know, and bring like 10 friends, you know. Please. And we'll we'll try to think of a way to make it experiential. Well, there's probably going to be... I think we should bring stuff from advertisers on this podcast and, like, do fun... Something fun with us. Like, give, <laughs> give it away. Give them away, like, somehow. Like, right. I really do think... And there's going to be limited edition merch that's just for... That's just there. Yeah. Right? I think... Well, yeah. we're trying. Yeah. We'll, ha- we'll see... Well, I mean, Casey, it's just too. Casey, just fucking say yes. Yeah, just say yes. <laughs> Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, yes, yes. Christ. Well, because I'm the one that's going to be hauling a box all over the country. That's the Fuck thing. That. Just why are you hauling a box? Just ship it. Have the we'll just pay for it to be shipped. Right. I don't even I don't even use my luggage anymore. I just send my <laughs> luggage ahead of time. I don't even check a fucking bag. We just have a lot of details we have to work out. Mm-hmm. But details. Details. You yeah. know what they say. The devil is in him. The devil is in um, the details. Yeah. I'm going to go get a tattoo today. So that's good. You are? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Is yeah, it something girl, I had a, I had a, um, she had an, she had a note. She's a artist that I really like her stuff. And she had an opening today. And I was like, sure. Um, this evening. Yeah. And I just, yeah. It's exciting. That is exciting. I wondered if it was something that you had planned that was in the works for a long time or kind of spur of the moment decision. No, it um, it's not spur of the moment. It was like, it's like kind of somewhere in between, I think. Okay. All right. That's like all good. things. Yeah. Somewhere in between. <laughs> um, well, that's exciting. I can't wait to see it. I know. I'm excited. She's really, she did a, really beautiful tattoo on a friend of mine and I loved it. So I, yeah, I told her if she had any availability to let me know and I would take it and she did and I'm here. So I'm taking it and I'm singing in a thing next week. I forgot that I agreed to do, um, at 54 below, which was kind of exciting. Oh, that's like really a cool. thing. Yeah. yeah. Is it with Jim Caruso? Is he there? I have no idea. Oh, okay. You All know, right. I never know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a tribute to Mel Brooks. Oh, that's exciting. I guess. Because they have to learn the song. History of the World Part 2. It's coming out. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not like a Mel Brooks person. Like, I don't know any of his things. Okay. I don't mean to be like, I'm not, I'm not anti. I just am not, I just don't know them. Okay. So you're the perfect person to tribute him. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, I... (laughs) I don't know. What it what does anyone know about anything? Well, you know it's what I like mean? it's like you just haven't you just haven't. Like maybe you will. Maybe you will become a Mel Brooks person. Maybe that'll be the night. Hmm. Is yeah. he gonna be there? I have no idea. Wow. Get Casey We're in a real <laughs> it's a real You're just one foot in front of the other right now. Honey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I like my haircut a lot. I actually think it could be shorter, but I think it's all right the way that it is. I think it, it looks great. Yeah. Um, I think Mel Brooks will like it if he's there. 
Who knows? Who knows? I have seen him at the theater a lot. So he does like go out in New York. So maybe he will be there. Yeah. Okay. Like I've seen him in the in the audience of probably almost like every show I ever went to. If I'm being come honest. off it. That's insane. well. I didn't Casey, go. To, I didn't go like a to literal, a lot. That's like a literal, like insane statement. Or like every time I've seen a Broadway show, Mel Brooks has been in the audience. Do you what know are that? you talking about? For a while, what are you talking for about? For a while, every time I came to Los Angeles, I ran into Loretta Swit. It's just how it is. I don't know why. Yeah. I okay. don't know why. All right. I just I don't I, know. I figured that Mel Brooks goes to so much theater that he's like bound to be there most times. <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe that's true i want to see some theater i need to see some shows i'd like to go see some shows you i, I just don't like know what you to have see. to go see everything because things are like getting snatched away from everyone too quickly well that's just life man yeah that's true that's yeah all the shows that everyone likes all the all the TV shows that everyone likes, like movies, can't be taken away from you. Thank goodness they can't. Well, they uh, can. They. I mean, they, they, they can. claim they claim the insurance money on them, and they never release them. Right, and then they never release them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. That's true. Or they take them off of a streaming service for whatever reason, and then right. you never can find it again. Right. Right. It's weird. The show that I like, Minx, is being brought back on another streaming service. Oh, really? Which I'm like, oh, thank God, I was furious about that but that's like yeah, one you were talking about that one out of like a hundred shows i feel like huh. that have been dropped from streaming services uh so you know it's it's enraging it's enraging is I everything do. going to be a limited series going forward and they're just like no promises about everything is a limited series yeah it's true unless it's law and order right <laughs> Even that is limited. It's just that it's a very long limit that hasn't that we haven't bumped into. We haven't reached the limit yet. We haven't reached the limit yet. The limit is infinite. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. I feel like I quit watching Grey's Anatomy like twenty years ago, and it's still happening. Still on. I don't. I don't know what's happening there. I like. I don't know. Are there are there any original originals still there? No, I think like Meredith is leaving, right? She left, I think. Yeah. Okay. But maybe I don't know. James Pickens, the president of the hospital. Oh, I, I don't feel know. like he might still be there. I don't know. I don't know. But he like TB TBH. I feel like he started as sort of like strong recurring. Right. You know, I don't feel like he was like a regular from the get. Right. Right. Oh wait, there's. Bailey, right, is still on. Grace? I don't know who that is. Oh my gosh! I think I think Doctor Bailey is still on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Doctor Bailey. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, I think that's right. Whew. I get all my doc um, my doctor shows confused. I don't know. I like. I haven't watched. I don't know what I'm. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't even have like network television anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know how you watch that. Well, yeah. I guess you watch it on their streaming services, but yeah. like I didn't know that there's like the number one show in America is something about like people that see ghosts. Right, right. I don't know what that is. I, it's, but it's like universally everyone watches and loves this fucking show. Ghosts. It's called Ghosts? Is that the name of it? I think so. It's a, com- I just know it's it's a about comedy ghosts. show about yeah. like historic uh, ghosts. Or like people that see ghosts. Yeah. Yes. Oh, historic ghosts. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I have watched 
Abbott Elementary, but only because I like have always liked Quinta Brunson. But yeah. that was like hard enough to watch an episode of that. Right. To find to figure out, yeah. I don't even who knows? See, we're part of the problem. Hi. I'm I mean it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Always. <laughs> I've never not been the problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gina's a little bit the problem. She doesn't need to feel left out. We're not saying you're not the problem, Gina. Gina, <laughs> Gina, just sit down. What are you doing? She makes this face at me sometimes where I'm like, she's about to bark. I can, <laughs> I can see it. Stop. Come here. I see it in her little face. Oh, my gosh. Like, she's, God, she's just. She just wants you all to herself because you just got home. I know. It's true. She like headbutted Cricket out of the way. Oh, God. <laughs> it was really funny, actually. Last night I was like, whoa, Gina. She like headbutted her to get to me. Well, that's how it goes. Cricket's got to learn. Yeah. I mean. The, the two smallest puppies in the house. <laughs> they got to they gotta fight. For their pack order. For their pack order. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm very grateful to you for coming here. I know that we have to take a little break because you have an appointment. So then we're going to come back later um, and finish up. So maybe we can just throw to our interview now and (gasps) then you can go. Guys, the most delightful human. Harvey Guillen. You know him from what we do in the shadows as Guillermo. He's in... Also, Casey, Casey like, goes on a real tangent about his red carpet looks. But they are great. They are great. But she's, like, he's, like, an icon. We love him. I think he's a fashion icon. And, yeah, and, and had, And we had a great time chatting, and he's just a lot of fun, and he's just a really nice person. And I, in this moment in my life, only want to talk to or be around really nice people. Only nice people in the building. Yeah. Only nice people in the building. Fuck the murderers. Please enjoy. Bass. 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 I used used my bass weekender bag uh, when I came to L.A. uh, along with my roller carry-on. I loved it. I loved it. It's everything. It's the best bag. Everything. People loved it. People asked me what it was, aka Emily BB. <laughs> um, with the weekender bag, though, there's also room for everything. And when I was flying back, I had acquired a few things. And I was like, oh no, do I have room in my roller carry-on suitcase? And you know what? I maybe didn't have room in my roller carry-on suitcase, but I did have room in my weekender bag because that little zipper compartment in the bottom yep. folded up some things, shoved them in, like zipped it up. There's space for everything. I Guys. also really like how the top of the weekender, we never shouted that out, but I love how the top of the weekender opens because it opens up wide like a doctor bag and you can just find everything in there. You're not like 100%. rooting around, which is like, I've spent like 30% of my life rooting around and I just can't yeah. anymore. No more. No more. We're not rooting in 2023. <laughs> we are done rooting. Guys, we love base. We love it. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. 
And the Weekender bag, again, can't recommend it enough. It's super functional. It even has a place where you can put your shoes separately. Guys, whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's base, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash best. Get into it. You're going to die at how cute this stuff is. Okay, listen, Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place, guys. We love Rocket Money so much. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like a streaming service you're still paying for, and you're like, wait, what? Why did I have that? Um that free trial that you signed up for and you were supposed to cancel and then you forgot. That's where Rocket Money steps in. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you and then you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. It's so easy. They make canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. You find the subscriptions you don't want, you press cancel, Rocket Money does the best. The best, the rest. They do the best and the rest. I'm obsessed with them. Obsessed with the best and the rest. Rocket money. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person, listen to this, up to $720 a year. Guys, they've saved me way more than that. (laughs) So (laughs) stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash best. That's rocketmoney.com slash best. Rocketmoney.com slash best. Harvey. Hi, Harvey. Hi. Thanks for joining us. You look so cute this morning. Yeah, you look adorable. Did you, were you at the Critics' Choice Awards? I was. I was there. I think I saw you. I think you're, uh, I saw you walk by and I was like, oh, there's been, and I was gonna say hi, but you're like with Michelle Williams, I think, yes. and like running to the bathroom. <laughs> we were running to the bathroom. By the way, that show was weird uh, and so weird. Did you, what was your take on it? I just am curious. I mean, I was there last year and this year was weird. I was there for a different project. So I was even with the, my, my home base project, which was what we do in the shadows. Last year we were nominated. This year we were not. And last year I was nominated for supporting actor. This year I was not. <laughs> so I was just like, hey. And then so I was there for Puss in Boots. Um, and we didn't win. Uh, Pinocchio won, which is fine because Guillermo's great too. But um, for, so for me, it was just like looking at all like the, that's so weird. You might come to these things one year and one year you're like, I'm team this. And then the next year you're like, I'm team this now. You know, it's just like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> was it, and was it a different experience? Not like, were you nervous last year, whether you yeah. were going to win or not? It took the, I mean, it, it was, it was fun, but it, it, because of the nerves, it took the fun out of it. Like, yeah. I was just yeah. like it was my first, you know, Critics' Choice nomination. I was just like in person after COVID and, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And then you're like, you know, really nervous. And, 
Um, and this year, since uh, it was for Puss in Boots, which is still nominated, something about animation that you just will be like, it's fine. We had fun. Right. Well, right. It, it, yeah, it feels like it doesn't, it's not as reflective of you. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like you didn't like it's like because it, it's so personal when you're on screen because, yeah, you know, we didn't like the way you looked in those pants. Right. <laughs> the critics and we make choices. the critics didn't like the way you looked in those pants. Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. Harvey, the last time I was nominated for a Critics Choice Award and it had been like a long time since I'd been nominated for anything. So we all went out and it was so exciting. And then. Uh, we lost in a bumper. We our award wasn't even presented. Like no, 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 no. Wait, Casey, this is what I wanted to tell you. <laughs> and Harvey, I don't think you knew this, but like there were multiple people that I was friends with, including the Fablemans, like who they were told on the red carpet that they either won or lost an award. <laughs> it wasn't even a. It wasn't even a bumper. It was like. It was like, um, oh, best ensemble, like Fablemans didn't win. And we found out in the car pulling up that they didn't win. But then also, this is so weird. The, our public, Michelle's publicist was, who's also my publicist, Rachel was with us in the car. And she's like, they won't tell me who did win. And I'm like, that is so fucking weird. So Michelle's like, I guess I'm getting out of the car already a loser. Like, it was so strange. And then John um, Early like we saw John early right before we went into the thing and he's like, Oh yeah, we're oh, not. I saw him after at Ch uh, the Chateau. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was at the Chateau after too. Well, oh, where were you? You were two, yes. two ships what? passing in the night all this night. This is insane. Well, I had like a really rough, it's a long, it's a story that we don't need to get into right now, but um, I, crazy. It's a crazy, the end of my night was like fucking nuts, but we had ended up having a really good time at the Chateau. But, um, but John was like, yeah, I was just told on the red carpet that we didn't win Best Comedy Special, but I don't know who won. What? Oh, my I know. God. That, I'm and glad no one told me that. Or maybe they knew, or maybe my team knew at Universal, and they were just like, don't tell Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were probably, like, not wanting to tell me, because that would be so, I don't know how I would deal with that. Like, walking in the carpet, you're you're talking with such, like, hopes and, and you know, aspirations. Sure. Dreams, and you're like, so how's it feel like to be nominated tonight? It's so great. You know, I hope we win. Everyone's fantastic. Imagine being asked that question, and you already know you lost, and then having to pretend that you're excited about the answer than being told by PR, like, you know, don't tell anyone, but you lost. I don't think like, I would be able to well, pretend. I'd just be like, I already know we they, lost. Wait, listen, they didn't say, yeah, they didn't tell Michelle she couldn't, like, n say that she knew that she lost, but they didn't, but they also just wouldn't, were not forthcoming with who won, which was so strange. They and know. then, oh, they, well, maybe they didn't know and they didn't want you to tell wait, them. But then also, the other thing, Casey, I don't know if you saw the Critics' Choice Awards, I didn't know that they did this or if this was the first time they tried to do it, or I don't know. But Best Supporting Actor and Actress was announced at the same time, and they had to go up together. together. I saw that. That was And it was so awkward. because It was like, so awkward. And it was almost like a competition of like, because someone gives a speech and it's so inspirational. You're like, that was really good. And the next person's like, I'm next. And then they come right. up next to them, and they're like, I will try to top that, or I will have my own. It was a little weird, because I was just like, I guess for time, they're like, you know, 
kill two birds with one stone, but I was like, Give but him it, that those moment. are two big that, birds. Those are kill. two huge, <laughs> ginormous, endangered birds. <laughs> oh my God. It's so weird. It's really funny. Sometimes I know, like, award shows, I get it. Like, I've worked on award shows and I've been nominated for awards. And I know that, like, from both sides, sometimes you're trying to shake it up or streamline it or modernize it. And there is no real way to do it. And sometimes it leads to, like, wacky decisions, I feel like. They made lots of wacky decisions, I want to say. And here's one more thing. And Harvey, maybe you'll know you were there with a film this year. Last year, you were there as a nominee, two times nominee for What We Do in the Shadows, your amazing television show. I won a Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress for Cougar Town back in the day. Um, But back then they were separate award shows. There was one for television and one for film. And I got to tell you something, I much prefer it because the TV people, at the, when it's these joint movie and television awards, the TV people are always fucking back at like table 97. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do it at the Golden Globes and I noticed that they did it at the Critics' Choice too. And I was like, it's such bullshit. Like the bear is like 15 tables back you know when it's like let television people shine our table was like pretty up front I mean it's a feature and so I was like oh wow we got a nice table towards the stage and I got my hopes up and I was like wait they usually do that like you know you're gonna walk up to the stage really quickly because you're gonna win you know put like someone who wins in the back um they did they did put yeah, they did. Back. Turns out, yeah, it, so, it, it turns out it's television. It was mostly television when they announced some of the winners in television. They were they were back there, and I was like, they oh, were back. literally, like, it, I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. if you're gonna I just, just feel- tell everyone who won anyway, just put all the winners up front and like dispense with the. With but the long then, walk, if you need to but it save gave me that false much hope, because I was like, "We're a front." I was like, "We're saving a front." It was the first time, you know. Last year, we were sitting like in the middle with with shadows, so I got my hopes up too. So I was right. like, "Oh, this is good, 50-50, right?" Um, I need to. I'm gonna have a talk with them. Who yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Who's we're gonna. Charge? I think. Let's... I don't know, but I'm gonna have a talk with them, and I think we need to split it. We split it into two shows, guys. It's yeah, not need to be Golden one. Globes. The Golden Globes is That's where right. those two worlds collide. We have yes. one of those. Let's keep it with Golden Globes. Everything else, let's you know separate that. And oh I gosh. really do fucking hate that thing that they put like movies at Golden Globes too that like the movie people are like down front in the pit and then the television people are like flanking around it's like such bullshit especially now that like it's like such an old school way of thinking that like movies matter more than TV yeah right or like I don't understand like you think that like there's no difference now between like I see amazing writing and and sometimes even better because you have the trajectory of telling a story within like 12 to 28 episodes or whatever. You know what I mean? You could actually elongate the story. And I feel like yeah. that old mindset of Hollywood of like, oh no, once you do movies, you don't do television. That's not true. That's just absolutely not no. true. And like movie stars doing television and vice versa. Yes. TV stars and, and movies. Yeah, like film. Julia Roberts was nominated for a TV show. Yeah, so she it's was, just not She was back there at table 47, you and know? And it's like they're the most beautiful people in the, in, in the room because everyone in that room is gorgeous, you know? Everyone yeah. Up, it's like everyone's beautiful. And so they were like, put the, the you know, the A-listers of film, you know, up front. And it's just like, why? If you pan anywhere in this room, it's like, it's Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like everyone in this room, you don't, you could pan over to the waiter and think that they're nominated because they're gorgeous. You know what I mean? How was your table, Harvey? How, like the people at your table, did you have fun? 
so fun. My table was super fun. It was all of Universal and there was director uh, or both our directors and our producers and our head of story. And uh, and they're just fun. They love what they do. And then so the, it was like very lively the whole night. And Taika Waititi, who was my director for Shadows uh, in season one, like he's in the table behind with, you know, Reservation Dogs. And um, and then there's those are the two behind us the other way. I'm trying to remember. Oh, and then last week at the Golden Globes, I was sitting with Viola Davis and Salma Hayek. Amazing. That table was amazing. That was like that for me was like, what am I doing right here? Like right now. And then to have Viola and her husband lean over and say, like, we've been watching you. We're so excited for what's up, you know, ahead of it. And I was like, what? Aww. Like I was like, that's like the win for me. Like I was like, Viola Davis, see something I've done. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, of course she has. Of course she has. You're great. Thank you. Well, you, it's funny. It's the like imposter syndrome. Like you've been doing the show for like now five seasons, but for half of those years we were in COVID pandemic, and right. so we didn't do any of these award shows. We didn't go out for these things, right. and then finally now we're now getting back in the groove of things. And it's it's weird to have like other actors, actors that you admire and have admired, like tell you like I watch a show and like you know, yeah. like Jenny Slate came up to me and just like she's like I I want to introduce myself on Jenny Slate. So I was like oh my god, I'm such a fan of like her work, and you know she's so funny, and um, so it's always weird to have like another fellow artist come and tell you that, but it feels good because it's kind of feels like you don't do it for validation, but it does give you good validation, I think. Uh, well, I want to go back a little bit to like, we just met, uh, Harvey, Busy and I just met you in Toronto when we were there doing Toronto. Toronto is how you're supposed to say it. You know that because you shoot in Toronto. Um, mm. We met you at the, we were at, out there for the Just for Laughs Festival. And then we went to see another friend's show. And then they had like a little drinks thing after. And we went to that. And we met you there, and I just want to say, like, never in my life have I felt, like, more welcomed or, like, I already knew someone as when you just saw me, said hi, and we just started talking, and I was like, I feel like I've been friends with this guy for 10 years. It's It was Aww. very – it was, like, such a nice feeling, and besides, like, being magnetic and so impressive on screen and everybody just can't get enough of you – you have this other unique in real life quality where you just like saw my face, smiled at me and made me feel like I was the star of that little drinks thing. And you just talked to Word. me all night. That's so nice. <laughs> That's so nice. But it's just it's a really unique quality. And I'm like, holy smokes, that guy must just collect friends everywhere he goes because you're like irresistible in in real life, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. that's very that's very kind, very nice. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Like sometimes it, my sister says uh, I'm too welcoming sometimes because I just like <laughs> like I just if I meet someone uh, I've never met a stranger I didn't like. You know, just like uh, you meet someone, but then that can get you in trouble. And like um whatever they need or like whatever you know I welcome them or like I'll be the first person to be like yeah let's all hang out you know and just yeah like, yeah like you can't say that you can't do that and it's like why it's like you don't know them and it's just like you, you, they might be a serial killer I'm like they have feelings too I guess <laughs> <laughs> well that's how busy also, is like, as well yeah I, yeah I would say I'm very similar in a lot of ways and like I just feel like I would say, here's what I would say, Harvey, I bet there are people where you don't do that too. Cause I really do like, I have gut feelings about people, but when you meet, yes. you're not wrong about Casey. She's the fucking best. Yeah. Like, and I feel like I have gut feelings about people and like, 
when I have, when it's like very strong, I'm like, oh, this person's going to be my friend. Like I'm going yeah. to be friends with this person. It's yeah. going to be fine. I agree with you that hundred percent. It is the gut feeling. And and sometimes people think that's stupid. It's like, no, your gut never lies to you. Like it really that's doesn't. Right. Your body doesn't lie to you. And I feel like when I've, even in like, in friendships or even with relationships, like you can sense when something's off, you can sense when, you know, um, this isn't right or it's not a match or I, or I can sense when to get out of a situation. Like, I feel like there's been moments where like I walk into a room or something and just the feeling and the, the, the energy in there, I'm like, uh, something's going to happen. Like something's weird. Sure enough, we leave and then find out like later on. So like, oh yeah, they held that place up or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what and you're saying like, is like you you're like the human familiar on what we do in the shadows but in real life you're supernatural powers yeah that's what I, I guess that's one of the powers i do have and like because we're so long especially like in this business like people like tell you what to do what to wear um what you, what's best for you you shouldn't do this whatnot and then sometimes i'm like I want to do that. And I feel like I want to wear this and I don't see what the problem and like, um, and it's when I don't follow my gut. That's and I, everyone can relate to that. So you never look back and say, um, I wish I didn't follow my gut. You never say that. You never that's say right. you always say, I knew it. I knew it. I knew to follow my gut. And I should have followed my gut. I should have followed. I should have done it. I should have, should have, should have. But no one ever says I should have never followed my gut. Like no one ever. That's right. Right. That. right. I agree with you. You're glad you did it. And yeah. uh, I'm always glad that I do it. And, um, yeah, and just like I'm a, I'm a good judge of character. That's what what was told. So you're a good judge of character. And whenever I introduce one friend to another friend, um, they're always like, "See, now I understand. It, it makes sense. He, he hangs out or surrounds himself with people who are very positive or who are good people, and yes. uh, and I have a good judge of character. So I didn't it didn't fail me in Toronto. And uh, in, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so I was so happy to have met you because I know what we do in the shadows through my kids who are adults. They're not. I always say my kids, and people think that they're like eight, and then I'm like, no, they're full men. They're grown men. Um, <laughs> but that's how I came to know the show because they love it so much, and your character on what we do in the shadows i just i love your character uh like the long suffering basically like you're an assistant to vampires kind of like not really not super willing all the time and you have ambitions beyond uh being the familiar to the vampire family um but i i love the journey that your character's been on and the character uh guillermo gizmo they call him sometimes <laughs> um came out this last season right Mm-hmm. What was that like? Did you have anything to do with deciding that or? Uh, I, I didn't. The writers kind of keep to themselves and like uh, we only collaborate on like this, the mom and family scenes where they have Spanish dialogue in the household. And, yeah. Um, the first season, um, we kind of made almost a mistake of like, you know, because uh, we're, we're in Toronto and like we have an amazing prop master and everything. There was a scene where they had to have like uh, Mexican buñuelos, which is a, a dessert treat. Yeah. Uh, and our prop master, you know, who's amazing, she like Googled buñuelos. But the first thing that came up was from El Salvador. And those are not Mexican buñuelos. They're different. They look different. They're made different. And so she had them like flown in for the scene or something. And they were in the background. And I remember like thinking, I went to the restaurant, like, those aren't buñuelos. Those are Mexican buñuelos. And they're like, oh, Oh, and then we're about to shoot like in a couple of minutes. And so I was like, it's okay. I'll just make them. Can you give me flour tortillas, some sugar and cinnamon and canola oil? (laughs) Honestly, respect. I mean, 
wait, can you make good for make us right now? Because I could never live with myself. And then from then on, we collaborate on like, hey, just it's OK. Run things through me because I am Mexican. I don't want to like have something that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. culturally appropriate and whatnot. But uh, the coming out scene, um, I just for me reading it and it was beautifully written. Um, we have an amazing team of writers and it's just like uh, just reading it was kind of cathartic because it was like for being queer myself, like having that moment actually with my mom in real life that had yeah. happened uh, and doing it in that moment. Um, I remember the first take, I just was bawling, you know, just like, why is this so, because it put me back into the place of that situation. And I think that's why that scene kind of resonated with people and yeah. people. Um, I had a man come to me at a Comic-Con uh, who was um, like 54 and he um, came out Aww. at 54. And That's I was like, amazing. what? And he's like, I came out um, and then my first person I came out was to my wife and I have kids. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And they were loving and accepting. But I, I just couldn't do it because it was a line of like living your life um, in fear. Is that a life worth living? You know, yeah. like the idea of like uh, just uh, the life you're meant to lead is the, the life you're supposed to live. And sometimes we let society because remember, coming out is not for yourself. Come, people who are queer know that they're queer. Coming out isn't coming out to someone. It, it shouldn't be called coming out. It should be called letting you in. Right. Oh, my I'm, gosh. I'm letting you in. Yes. Because I knew who I was. I'm just afraid to let you in because I'm afraid what you'll do with that information. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. What an amazing yeah. story. I mean, I'm sure a lot of incredible things happen at Comic-Con. It's just that kind of place. But to have yeah. someone come up to you and share that with you, yeah. you like did that with your with your art. My art. And You're it was just weird to like think that it's so important to see, obviously, you know, um, people represented on screen, especially people of color, people of size, um, queer people. And just it's really seen in the same package. You know, you really yes. don't see it all together. And so it was a character that people can relate to. And a lot of people can relate to Guillermo for different reasons. Now that he's just, you know, this uh, queer character now on television, because he was that until se- he wasn't that until season four. Yeah, he was really kind of, you know, and the trajectory of his story has been really great. He started off as basically a servant to these vampires. And then he found out that he was um, a Helsing, you know, in his blood. And and then that he has these special powers and then he becomes an embezzler because he's <laughs> overlooked. Uh, he becomes, he runs the nightclub account, you know? Uh, yeah. And so the trajectory of his story has been amazing. I think people can relate to him because he represents all of us at different stages in our lives. We always work for someone that overlooks us for a promotion. We might be in love with someone from afar. We're not, we don't have the guts to say it. Right. Everything that a human goes through in emotion, Guillermo has done in the last four seasons because people relate to him. They root for him because you're rooting, when you root for him, you're rooting for yourself. Yeah. Because you see yourself in him. He's the only human. Of course yeah. you're going to see yourself. Well, yeah. I relate to Guillermo because I started out professionally as a celebrity assistant. And it's very remarkably similar to similar. being a vampire's familiar. <laughs> it's very similar to being a, uh, an assistant to a, vamp- a blood-sucking vampire. Yeah. Guys, I take umbrage with that, but... Um... <laughs> Uh, you do you. You do you. Well, I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying, okay. like, you know, yeah. being a celebrity assistant is no joke. Or, and it's like round the clock for yeah. some people. For some, yeah. for or some I've people. Also I've never assistant. met an assistant that would work around the clock for me, <laughs> I, even, when I, uh, even when I've needed it. Okay. So. I, I, I've also heard that it's similar to being a, an agent's assistant. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's like, yeah. yeah. That's a good one because it's like an agent assistant because they're dealing with this high stress actor, uh, you know, and they're the middleman and they're angry probably at like having to deal with that. And then who gets the the bottom of that is 
the assistant. You know? Yeah. Well, right. I always used to tease my first boss because he would be like, you know, like, it seems like you already know what you're doing or whatever, whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, I just put myself through college. Somebody's got it. <laughs> I, I just put myself through college working in a nursing home. And this is the exact same job as like taking care of, you know, people in a nursing home. I got to make sure you're yeah. fed. I got to make sure you're at yeah, your appointments. Sure make sure you take your pills if you have pills to take, you know, make sure you're dressed. All you know what? Things. I have such respect for people who can manage that, you know, even thinking of like, like, you know, uh, Busy was saying, like with PR people early and like uh, the assistance to the PR agents, like you can tell like from like, I know in, in, in my team, I was like, you know, who's the assistant to the PR people like, oh, you're going to be running a company in yes. like five years. Oh, you're going to be because you could see it, you know, and I'm sure like it was the same thing. With you, well, like, you know, when you were an assistant for an agent, it's like they can tell. Like, it's like, oh, you're like starting here, but this is not your like end game. Like you are going places because, you know, you can see the ambition, that that uh, tenacity in yeah. someone. And I think you need that tenacity um, in this business because this business is like the highs are high and the lows are low. But it's, it's not where I always say people are like, well, I think I want to be an actor. What do you recommend? I was like, if you don't love it, don't do it. If you yeah. don't love this, don't do it. And it's like, do anything else that you love. And it's like, why? Because you think it's too competitive. I was like, no, I'm asking you, do you love doing this? Right. You be doing it with a room of 99 people in a, in a black box theater, right. or you would be happy doing it for millions of people. And there would be no difference in your performance. Right. Because if you're doing it only to be a movie star and be a starlet or be a, a leading man, then you're not doing it for the right reason. And you're going to be miserable and you're going to hate yourself for doing it. So totally. Right. You love it. Right. I mean, because correct me if I'm wrong, you sort of have been acting since you were in school, right? Did you start acting well, right out of school? I started doing like theater when I was little. Um, the way I came into loving acting was because I, I saw Annie during a Christmas break um, when I was like six. Oh and um, we grew up very poor and single mom. Um, we lived in Santa Ana. And I thought this was a new TV show because I we didn't go to the movies. That's a luxury I did not know about at six. I was like, movies was not a thing we went to. Um, and so I saw this new TV show and I was I fell in love with these kids. They were poor. They were singing and dancing and cleaning. And I was like, I sing and dance when I help my mom on the weekends, like clean the tub and the bathroom. And, all that. <laughs> and I was just like... And so I, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I want to be that when I grow up. I want to be an orphan. <laughs> okay, she, that's literally the best thing I've ever heard. I want to be that when I grow up. I want to be an orphan. Yeah, and she looked at me. We were like, ¿Qué estás loco? And she's like, are you crazy? And I was like, what? She's like, no, son actores, they're actors. And I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. And she said, mijo, no, no hay dinero. We don't have money for that. I was like, you have to have money to play poor on television? <laughs> And she's like, you do, you have to get training, you have to t dance. And uh, they, those kids take voice lessons and acting. And I was like, can I do those things? She told me, we don't have money for that. And I I felt so defeated. I was like, it's not for me. And she goes, no, I didn't say you couldn't do it. She said, look at me. I didn't say you couldn't do it. Right. I said, you don't have money for that. But if you can find your own way, you can do whatever you want in this life. And oh. I remember that she said that. And I was like, okay. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I'm sick. And then my fellow thespian at school said, did you hear they're doing an improv class at the community oh. center? And there's that's how they find people. Like all the Disney kids, that's how they find them. They find acting classes and that's how they find them. They find them through acting. And I was convinced that if I took this acting class that I would be on Disney Channel. And I was just like, I have to take this acting class. And it was like $12.50. Went to my mom. She said she didn't have the money. It's fine. But then my friend went to her mom. She gave her 20 and let her get the change. And I was like, how is that fair? So that's when I started realizing the financial, right. uh, you know, status and background right. that I was coming from. And at six, you're like, wait, why does she, her mom have that money? My mom, you know, it's like the, the differentiation, like between two families. Um, 
And I was just like blown away. So then at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get money, but I can't gas my mom. And my mom was like, you know, we can't. Again, I asked her. So we were walking home from school one day and this guy was going through a trash can. And I was like, mom, what is he doing? That's so gross. And he's like, oh, vende los botes. Uh, he sells the cans. And I was like, you make money from cans? And she goes, yeah. And so I ran into her closet, got a wire hanger and hooked into a long sticky finger, like a long metal finger. And then I went to the kitchen and got a food for less plastic bag. And then I went through trash cans and collected uh, aluminum and glass bottles to recycle it to pay for my class. To get that 1250 to take that improv class. That's amazing. See, this is why we spotted each other because I was I was a can collector for all of my like marching band. And, yeah. you know, whenever I needed to buy sneakers for cheerleading. That's how I there's got money my money in those trash cans. There's money know? in those cans. <laughs> I still, I still collect the cans in my own house. But yeah, me too. But not to recycle, just to be good for the environment. Yeah, it's just like it's still a thing that I got. I did for years, and I, you know, the, and there was every piece of can was money. So there was no reason not to have it in your like. You could unless you stop going through like quinceañeras. Like I would, I would like you know crash quinceañeras and weddings, and like I would just go in and like empty the bottles, and people would be like, I'm not done with it. <laughs> nothing's nothing scarier than a man who you're dumping out there like Budweiser you know? <laughs> at a quinceanera when a quinceanera. he probably is wishing he could go home at that point that is truly incredible so that's like you were a self-starter at age six yeah and it was just uh it kept going like at that point i was just like working i've been working since i so not in the industry but working towards the industry i yeah. always say People were like, oh my gosh, you're like, some people know that I've been working at this for a while. And some people are like, I never even knew about your your sensation overnight. And it's like, overnight, like I've been, I've been picking up trash in more ways than other. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you're still young. And I was like, gosh, I I feel like I've been watching you only for the past couple of years. But then I looked and I was like, no, it's been longer than that. And then I realized that you were on one of my favorite shows, Huge, which was yeah. like, you must have been a baby in that. I was a baby. I had just gotten back from so I was in school for a short period I went to musical theater school and um on my first semester uh they tell you well the whole time they're there they're, they say don't audition for things yeah and then I was like mm, I don't like people telling me what to do so <laughs> um I auditioned and I booked a, a job in Japan uh and so I moved to Osaka Japan to do this job for 13 months wow. and I was young and beautiful and young <laughs> and I just got there and I was just like I'm going to, you know, this is living my Broadway dream. I'm on stage and they got a script and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I think I got the director's script because this was in Japanese. And they're like, <laughs> yep. And they're like, what? And they're like, this show's in Japanese. And I was like, but it's an American show. It's, I don't know. It's oh wicked. God. It's an American show. And they're like, yeah, but you're in Japan and everyone here speaks Japanese. So like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And they're like, we open in two weeks. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How do you learn... <laughs> Jesus, what do you do? What did you do? Uh, it was the music was fine, like the music right. was fine because it connects to the notes or the sound sure. and everything. Oh the lines were the ones that I was having a hard time. So, like, I was like, So, what am I saying here? And like, they're like, Oh, like, you know, so I did three different shows while I was there. 
It was like Sesame Street, uh, Blues Brothers, and Wicked. And so I had to be, I learned to be the understudy to Wicked, which is funny because at that point I was fresh out of school and I was like, what role am I playing? The young, you know, Bach or something? Because he's like, no, Bach's from Japan. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like I'm one of the other kids in Cheers University. You're the wizard. Oh my God. What? And they're like, <laughs> because we see you, you, um, your body is perfect for the wizard. And I was like, my body is perfect for that. That's what I want to hear. Oh, my and, God. Oh, my God. So they put a white wig on you and they put like crow's feet makeup and they put on like a fake mustache and beard. And you're Santa Claus. You're basically Santa Claus. But I have the body, the body for the wizard. And I so can't. to this, this day, so insane. <laughs> when I hear when I hear Sentimental Man from Wicked, I can't help but to go into my autopilot of going to it in Japanese. So if I just like hear like that, the first note to Sentimental Man, I'm like, ding! I am a Sentimental Man. Like that's my mind just goes into that. Wow! I'm like actually just floored. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and like such three different shows that you did in Japan couldn't have been more different, different from, each, from each other. Like Sesame Street, I was a 12-year-old. Like I was the kid from America and we're like, we all live on Sesame Street. We're all friends. And I say, like, Mina-san, Coco Wakinita, like Sesame Street. You know, like it's just like Sesame Street. And then in my second show, I'm John Belushi and the Blues Brothers. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I age into the wizard. So my trajectory in 13 months was a whole life of a man. <laughs> <laughs> did you, can I ask you a question? Did you like, did you learn, did you pick up Japanese just from like phonetically learning it in the plays and stuff? Yeah. Did it help? Well, for me, it was, I lived in Kagandori, which was like an, a little extension island into from the city. And everyone there, like they, uh, they were just, you know, Japanese people who did not speak English. And yeah. you'd be surprised how quickly you learn a language when you try to go to the store and try to find out where the milk is, you know? Like, you'd be surprised how quickly you are more alert to learning something because you are surrounded by people who are not going to accommodate to you. Like, you are living in their country. Obviously, it makes right. sense, you know? And so... I picked up Japanese. Like I, learned, like I literally came back and I could hold a conversation with a Japanese person. And even to this day, like if I hear someone in the elevator, like in a hotel or something speaking Japanese and I like butt in and say something, they're like, Sigoi, like, like they know, they like, they literally like ask me, why do you know Japanese? And then I go into this whole conversation about it. Um, and so it really, I, I learned it. But then I, since then I've, forgotten it like a lot of it's like if you don't use it you lose it kind of thing right like it's like i can still remember like, oh yeah that's right but then like using it as a full sentence in a conversation now has been harder because i don't use it in a, on a day-to-day -day. but when i was there i every day i was learning something new um and it was great i go back in a heartbeat just to visit yeah and just to like you know but um it was a great experience and it threw me into like that was my first real paying gig like that and, and i was a freshman in college like that really paid for me to come back. And I was like, great. Now I can go to Broadway and I can be on Broadway. And I moved to New York and I moved, I moved to Brooklyn and I was doing cattle calls and there was nothing on Broadway I could play. Nothing. But I was so, you know, delusional. I was like, I, I played a 12 year old John Belushi and a wizard in one year. So I think I can play a lot of things, you know? <laughs> and then you come back and no one gives a shit. Like they're like, so <laughs> like what? And it's like, okay. So I was living there in my, agent in, in LA was said there's this new show you should um put yourself on tape for it and I did and then like hey they want to see you for producer session in person this was back then when you know you could still go in person and not like a yeah. zoom uh and I was like okay 
So then I left everything in New York to come to the producer meeting or whatever, call back. And I came back and I got it. And it was like starting like the next day. And so I was like, oh, cool. And then I got it. And then that led me to another gig here. There was an educational theater program that I auditioned before I left Japan that I had declined because I took that job. And they're like, hey, we saw it through your Facebook. You're in L.A. And I was like, yeah, I'm visiting for the blah, blah. I had a call back and they're like, would you mind coming in for a meeting? And I came for a meeting and they wanted me to start the next day to replace someone. And so I had to like have all my things shipped back from Brooklyn because they were like, it happened so quickly. Like I right. came back and they all fell. And I didn't want to do TV and film because for the longest time we do stage only because I was so impressed with like productions on stage. And um, there's no money like really doing like community theater, like theater right. in general is really, you know, I always say they're the hardest working people on showbiz. But they get paid the least, you know, because yeah. they do eight shows a week. And those dancers, I mean, those knees are going to give out by the time they're 28. You know, like, it's just like. It's, it's always like shocking to me. Yeah. yeah. It's so intense. What it's intense, actor, right? Broadway actors go through. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many friends who like can't, they love it so much, but they can't get away from it. I wish I could quit you is what they keep saying because right. they have broken uh, hips and ankles and they're out of commission for weeks. And then when they get healed, they go back into a show. And I was like, yeah, you broke you. Like I had a friend who did Chistery and Wicked and he did others and he's an amazing dancer. And he said, like every bone in his body broken and he heals and goes back for the pain. Oh and I was like, how do you do <laughs> so it? Like, I love it. I love it. There's nothing like that on stage, instant rapport with the audience. And I'll do it until I'm in a wheelchair. And I was like, you will be. You will be in a wheelchair. Right, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is a really punishing job for not a lot of money. So, well, I'm glad you made the jump to TV and film for. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still want to do Broadway and I will, but probably for a shorter stunt, not like, not for like 20 years or something, but who knows? Who knows? Well, the no, the, the good news is you get to go to Broadway as a star. So, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's. That's the secret. That's, yeah. <laughs> they secret. don't tell you. It's like secret. then it'll be. It's like a big deal for They'll you to go. Don't cast you jump in something. Into, yeah, yeah like huge. jump into a show, yeah. and you'll get to do it for like however, whatever five weeks. Yeah. And you know, I know it's so funny because when I was younger, I was just like I thought that I always hated seeing that because I always. I was like, oh, it's not the same. Acting for stage is not the same as television and film. And so when you see like from blank, 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 you know, like it's like, well, I don't want to see it because of the movies. I want to see them because I want to see them as character. And then I started seeing more and more actors who were and I was like, they're they're great. And like not all of them, but like sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, they do TV and film because they can do several takes. You don't get a second take on stage, you know, right? Like, it has to be good the first time. And right. you see it, you see it and you see it in the quality that you see like, ah, OK, yes, I see it. And then you're really surprised sometimes, you know, like, like I saw, I just recently saw Daniel Radcliffe do uh, Merrily We Roll Along with my mm -hmm. friends, uh, Sher Zataha, who's in the production with him. And he's great. And I was yeah. like, yeah. we're going to be quick to say Harry Potter on stage. I don't think so. It's like, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that until you like go and check it out. And, and you could see that he's committed. And you could see that he put in the work and he put in uh, the hours. And you're like, he's great. Like, it's like, so let's give people the opportunity. And I was one of those people that I was just like, mm, I don't know, TV and film actors. But now someone's going to say that about me, you know? That's right. <laughs> Guillermo but on stage. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, you know? But then they'll believe it. Daniel Radcliffe has done some really serious theater. He's really talented. Um, and he works really hard at it. So I'm very, I mean, obviously he's been at it too, since he was like one second old, he's been, he's been, uh, in those Harry Potter movies. Um, but I always like to go see when a movie or TV star is on Broadway. Cause I just like to see what's going to happen. Like I just, yeah. I love well, to I, see I what's, to see Erica Jane from the housewives oh. in Chicago. 
Just, and yeah, people were saying she was amazing. She was great. I thought she was great. But also you're going to go see someone that you see them as an entity of like their character on their reality show. So you don't really have a lot of high expectations for them on the stage. So right. at that point, they could go out and like chew gum and then spit in your face. You can be like, oh, my God, <laughs> the way they spit in my face, like you're kind of like just e- giddy to watch them on on uh, you know, on stage. And um, but on the other side, you have people who are really talented, you know, like yeah. my friend Jinx Monsoon, who just opened on Broadway in Chicago as a. Uh, you know, Mama Morton. Yeah, she's love Jinx. super talented. Like yeah. she does have an amazing voice. She does have theater background training. So uh, I can't wait to see her. I'm actually going to go and, and catch her hopefully next week. Oh, great. We have to invite Jinx on the podcast sometime because we have had Ben De La Creme and we love Ben. And their holiday special really uh, got me oh, through God. the holidays this year. It's It was like my favorite thing. Did you get to see the new one that we're touring with this last winter? No, I got sick. I was gonna go see it live oh in in LA, so but good. I got sick, so I wasn't able to go. But I heard it's so good. So hopefully they'll just okay. they they should just keep making movies. I hope they remember when we were like saying to Ben Delacreme, like, we'll work on your movie, we'll be PAs on your movie, <laughs> right. we'll operate the boom, whatever we can do. So um, smart, so talented. And Ben writes all the scripts. So yes, like, yes. Uh, they're uh, what a delightful pair um you have a lot of friends from the drag world don't you i guess i do i mean i didn't think about it until recently until like oh i'm gonna go see blah blah oh yeah and like it's just um i don't know how it happens it's in, i think it happened with actually uh with trixie because trixie when on season one of shadows i've been a fan of drag race and i've always wanted to judge on drag race my whole career and it finally happened this last yes this upcoming season 15 um but i remember the tricks came up to me and i was so starstruck because i was like oh my gosh and it's like girl my boyfriend and i love your show we that's the only thing we watch we don't watch tv we watch a show and it is the funny and i was like and i started melting like i was just like what is happening like right <laughs> Because this was season one, and I was like, we might not even get a season two. I didn't think, like, people were watching us. I didn't think that even we wouldn't know who we were, really. Because we were like, if you knew of our show, you were, like, almost like, oh, you're cool. Like, you know, cool, fun, comedy, and whatever. And that was it. Yeah. And that's not a lot of people, in my mind. Like, I right. feel like a lot of people get cool comedy. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, so, oh, oh, Trixie's cool. Trixie's cool. She gets us, and we're, like, the weird vampire show that she's getting. And I was floored. And then I started happening again with, like, uh, when it was um, Jinx Monsoon reached out. Out. Yeah. And then Ben, and then like they reached out and like saying that they're fans of the show. And that's how I actually got to meet them. And my wildest dream, I was like always wanting to meet them, like, you know, through their shows and whatnot. It never happened. And it was the other way around, like, kind of like what Busy said, people are going to know you from TV and film. And yeah. so they reached out that way. It's like, we're such fans of the show. I was like, are you kidding me? And I did her podcast and I did, uh, I've done both of their podcasts actually, Trixie and Katya's, yes. um, and had dinner with them this last. It's just like weird to think like a couple years ago, you're like watching Drag Race and, and idolizing these drag queens. And then now they're like, let's go to lunch. And I was like, okay, let's go to lunch. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love that. Trixie was with you in Toronto when we met you. And then I was yeah. so I was like, oh, I know, I know that person. And Katya oh. was there too, but she left early. Oh she, was like, she had to go somewhere else. But Trixie stayed and we had, you know, had a drink and was there and having a good time. And it's always nice when you meet like, you know. Um, other comedians and other actors. And that, that table was really cool. Like here we have a table where it's like Trixie, it's you and Busy. Like it's just like, and Christian Shaw was there and we went to see Christian. Yeah. She was performing that night. Yeah, and which was amazing. And our friend Opsco and... Oh uh, my God, that's amazing. Amazing. I met her and she's so funny. And I've always yeah. like, she always performs near my place here, a typewriter. Oh uh, yeah, Dynasty, Dynasty typewriter. typewriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so I always see her on the marquee and stuff because I walk by that all the time. And I was just like, she's so funny. And I finally got to meet her that night. And that table was really cool. It was yeah, just like Puddle's that Pity was Party cool. was there. Who oh I my love. God, such a, such a fan of his. Oh my gosh. In case, that was an iconic. I think people were walking by the table and being like, what is happening? Like, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a very tall clown talking to. Full blown, like makeup, everything, obviously. Yes. And then yeah. it, it just in character. Table. In character. Uh, lovely, lovely man. And uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it was a great night. It was a great memory. And that's another thing that you walk away from, just like those random nights that turn into like a memory in your head that you'll always remember. You yeah, know? you're like, I'm so glad I did that. And then we went outside. I feel like it was snowing or I could be romanticizing It started that. snowing. It was end. like a it little did? snowing. Yeah, it was a beautiful night. It was oh, really... I don't remember that, but... <laughs> Well, we had been we left, which is great because we were in the patio outside. Yes. And so there was no covering. So it would have snowed on us, but there was heat lamps and stuff. Yes. Yes. I do. I do remember that it was really cold. Yeah, it was, cold. it was definitely cold. Well, it's so funny how much you're willing, you know, with like the with COVID still like happening and everything, how much cold I'm willing to tolerate just to be able to talk to someone. It, I'm like, I'll talk outdoors, you know, I'll hang out outdoors. And so, uh, it's it's interesting to me that I'll I'll be willing to stand outside in five degrees to talk to someone cool, whereas usually I'd be like, see ya. Bye. But, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh, element, element, element. You know how I feel about electrolytes, Casey. I know you love electrolytes. I love them. I, I hope, love replenishing them. Yeah, I hope you've been replenishing them lately because it just sounds like yeah. you've been working really hard. Well, I've been crying a lot. And that's, <laughs> you know, you lose. Listen, Element is like, it's important to replenish your electrolytes after having a few glasses of wine or an active lifestyle. Also, guys, just crying. <laughs> You lose a lot of electrolytes by crying. Yeah. I'm just going to say I, it. It's true. I believe it. I believe it. Also, magnesium is such an important part of my life. That, like, I literally couldn't get through the day without magnesium. I could talk about it all night, but I won't. But Element is such an easy way to get that magnesium into it's my definitely body. definitely a great way to get magnesium. Everything you need, nothing you don't. It contains science-backed electrolyte ratios, a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. It's formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks that follow like keto or low carb or paleo diets. Guys, electrolytes are so important. Um, Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches and muscle cramps and fatigue and sleeplessness and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. I have Casey all of those. I mean, same. Casey and I, I was going to say, both have all of them. <laughs> and honestly, Element has been so key in like putting it in my water and making sure that I have the electrolytes. It's fantastic. Fantastic. And elements used by everyone from like the NBA and the NFL and NHL players to like us. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's like right. a that's a wide, you've got like a lot of space in between those people. A wide you know, range in terms yes. of their needs. Yeah. You know? 
And right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or to share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash best. This deal is only available to our podcast listeners through our link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash best. Also, Element offers a no questions asked refund risk-free. If you don't like it, you just give it away. Tell them you didn't like it and they'll give you your money back, but you're going to love it. So you have nothing to lose. Sleep, he likes sleep. He likes sleep. We love you, Helix. Oh God, Helix, you've been there since the beginning, and you know what? I love you because you help me sleep. So happy to go to bed with you every night, I'm, Helix. Honestly, honey, honey, I'm grateful to go to bed with you. Um, in case you don't know. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. There's 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models. There's a mattress for big and tall sleepers, a mattress made just for kids. Yay, kids. Kids need different mattresses. (laughs) How do you know which one works for you, Casey? How do you know which Helix mattress is yours? You know you go online and you take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress. It only takes two minutes. And I love a quiz. I just, I love the reveal. Honey, honey, I've never not loved a quiz. (laughs) Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. You can't go to a fucking store and lie down on a mattress and be like, yeah, that's right. Right. You have to sleep on that. You got to sleep on her. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why they offer a hundred nights risk-free trial. You can try out your new Helix mattress. You can see how you like it, see how your body adjusts. And if you decide that it's not the best fit, You're welcome to return it for a full refund, but you're not going to do that. You won't. Because you're going to take the quiz first, and the quiz is going to match you, and you're going to love it. Guys, this is the best mattress. The setup is fast and easy. They're delivered straight to to your door door in a box. Plus, Helix mattresses are American-made and come with a 10 or 15-year warranty, depending on the model, and... You get to try it out. Remember, for 100 nights for free, if you don't love it, I know you will, but if you don't, they're going to pick it up and give you a full refund. So listen, you don't want to take our word for it. That's fine. (laughs) Helix has been awarded the number one mattress pick by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is now offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash best. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. 
So, Harvey, we always ask people who come on the podcast, like, to share a story about a big pivot that they've faced in their lives. I feel like you shared a bunch of pivot stories, but is there one that you haven't told us about? A time where you had to make a choice or a choice was made for you that really affected your life? Well, yeah, I was thinking of the pivot of, you know, when I was little, and that was kind of a big one for me that I decided to kind of go after what I wanted. I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to, and I didn't like people telling me that I couldn't do it. And as I got older, there was more pivots of, you know, agents, um, even like, like teachers who would say, are you going to lose the weight? And it was just like the, the pivot of like, um, fighting against what you, your expectations of me are, or, um, what you see me as when I need to see a clarity in the mirror, when I see myself. And as long as I'm happy with what I see in the mirror, then your expectations or, uh, desires for me or wants or whatnot or demands of me are, um, none of my fucking business. Right. I have to tell you that one of the things that I love about your trajectory is like, and this is just like a whole side thing. And I, I tend not to talk about what people look like a lot because like, I kind of feel like you, like, I hate when people greet each other and say like, you look amazing. I just always want people to say, it is nice to see you. I've missed you. You know what I mean? Because it shouldn't matter what you look like in that moment when you're coming to someone, but One thing I do really love about you is that you're kind of like a red carpet magazine darling. Like you're having, you know, you're, you're having this thing where you're on the cover of magazines and you're being photographed on the red carpet. And I know a couple times you've shared like sketches of outfits that you're planning to wear with me. And I've been so excited to see like ahead of time, like I can't wait to see this in person because the sketch looks so amazing. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that because I think it, it sort of tracks with a decision I feel like that I've made as a person who is a plus size person, there's this one designer and she really focuses on designs with volume and she only makes plus size clothes. And I was like, that's counterintuitive. People are always telling you to like cut your silhouette down and to try to make your silhouette look smaller. And I was like, no, I want to buy clothes from this woman and go the other way. I want to wear big, voluminous pants and dresses and sleeves. And colors. And colors, yes. Because I just wanted to. And I remember I wore these pants that she had designed to work. And they're ginormous pants. Like, if you hold them out, they're like six feet wide sideways or whatever. Um, And I wore these pants. They were like very statement pants. Nobody was really saying anything, but I could feel like people felt like maybe they wanted to say something. And then this actress from this TV show that I really liked was like a guest on the show that night. And she stopped in the middle of recording like a promo for the show. And she was like, I'm sorry, I just have to, those pants are amazing. They're the most amazing thing that I've seen in a long time. And the color looks so great. And I was so grateful to her for like confirming, you know, affirming my choice. So anyway, this isn't about me. This is about you and like your fashion choices and how you've kind of leaned into like being kind of like a fashion icon. I I feel like like you're giving that to people. Well, I mean, that's like that's very nice. Thank you. Um, people always ask me like, who's your stylist? And like, I don't have a stylist because I've tried out stylists and 
they've they've bailed at the last minute. Like they they get worried that they can't style a person of size. And some like I had one stylist that we knew like a month and a half before you know the event, and we've been working up to like in the yes, it's work, it's gonna happen. We're pulling some looks and whatnot. And then like 24 hours before the event, they pulled out, oh. and they were like. And they made up an excuse, obviously, and they're like, oh. and I was like, wait, you knew this a month and a half. It's like, I can already sense that a reason that you pulled out was, uh, I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to put him in something um, that I don't know his body I'm, or uh, it's going to look bad and it's going to be reflected on me. Right. Um, and so I, if I don't need someone's help, I don't ask for it. Um, and that's my rule of thumb. Like if I don't need someone's help, I'm not going to, but when I need help, I do ask for it. You know, right. I, I'm not, I'm not a specialist and every, and everything. So if you need, if you have a cold, I need to go to a doctor, you know, I need right. to get medicine. I'm not a specialist. Um, but if I don't need your help in something, I don't, I don't bother you with, with, uh, wasting your time. If not, and I didn't even want to stylist at that point. I was like, I think I could do it. But the thing with stylists is they do have connections to ateliers and they have designers that they reach out and I don't. Um, so it's so funny because this look, last look on the carpet that I just did, people are like, what is that? Is that Dolce & Gabbana? And I've worn Dolce & Gabbana before when they dressed me, yeah. uh, and they made, a couture suit for me, you know, cause I'm a big guy and they don't usually carry my size. Right. So you can't, you know, and I didn't want to have that be reflected to, you know, the people who watch me and, and see me for like, you know, fashion advice and whatnot. And I didn't want to give them false hope that it's like, yeah, you can walk into Dolce & Gabbana and get a suit my size. Uh, you can't, you know, um, but they do great work. And if you can connect with them, then that's great too, you know? Um, but I didn't want to do that to kind of portray myself in a place where people were like looking at me as aspirational, like, see, he did it. I'm going to go to that shop and get that too. Um, you can try and just like, but the, a lot of big designers don't make, you know, suits for big guys. They just don't. Right. Um, and so I did the combination of like, I have no problem with like putting my outfits together. And even my publicist was like, you always dress so well. And like, you always dress so nice. It's like, you don't even need a stylist. And I was like, yeah, but it'd be nice to know there's stylists available for big guys, you know? Right. And all of the big actors out there maybe have the same fashion sense that I do, you know? Maybe they're not in the same, like I, I like to play with color and whatnot. And for the majority of the time, they make people of size kind of hide and fade into the background and it's like just wear this potato sack Harvey, you know and just, I have to like just say to you me like uh you know I fluctuate in weight like a new woman does but you know when I was on Dawson's Creek I was probably like I don't know like a size eight maybe a size eight and the wardrobe designer famously said to me I think that the trick with you is just to accentuate your boobs and then put you in like black from the waist down and I, like, this is like, I was like a 21 year old girl. And what is that? You see, know, that, that kind of conversation, what does that do to, to my know, fucking not just, not head? Young, right. Young female kid, but anyone in general, what does it do to your psyche where you start, you're um, being told, it's insane. you know, the message that your body that you're in is like, how do we work? Is with wrong. It's wrong. I mean, wrong. here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to say though, Harvey, honestly, as I was listening to you talk, like, I do think that my stylist, Carla Welch would like kill it for you because she's like iconic, but like she was the first stylist that never like never made me feel stylist or wardrobe person by the way that when I met her like almost 15 years ago now whoa so long ago um never made me feel like my body was um a barrier that we had to get around 
Yeah. You know what and I mean? And I love that. I mean, maybe that is the, maybe I haven't met the right stylist. And by the way, I haven't really met with that many. No right. one's jumping at the opportunity, which is so weird because like I've done a pretty good job of my own carpet looks that people are like, I'm doing, I mean, when I do magazine covers and whatnot, but I do work with like in Toronto, I have my friend Mark, who is an amazing stylist out there. And, uh, and we became friends, didn't even know that that's the field that he worked in. And he's like, oh, let me know if you did anything. And he's done a great job. He, he knows how to work with my body when I'm in Toronto and we do a shoot there. Like he knows how to pull things that I like. And it, that has to be like a, a connection with the stylist, you know, because it can't just be like, I'm going to pull stuff, you know, and see whatever I, the spaghetti I throw at the wall, see whatever sticks. But I also look at the, the stuff they have and I go off of what, like my gut feeling, you know, yeah, like my gut yeah. feeling of like, I don't think we'd be a good, con- like, I think I love what they do with someone who is a 20 year old, you know, tall six to, you know, girl, and they love what they do with their silhouette and they look great. But then looking at your roster, you don't have anyone who looks like me. So I'm a little bit already like anyone who's maybe of average size, even, you know, right. so and, a, I, and the- I also think like a lot of guys that are being styled, like they look handsome, but a lot of people aren't trying to like break out of the mold of like a very conservative. That's why people get so excited when a guy really like goes you know goes out of yeah. their comfort I zone think that, i think that the men have been turning it out they Who have that guy that yeah. wore that like all blue suit to the golden globes that like weird is he from what show is he from he's severance. from something severance, severance. Like, was he the, yeah he's on severance is that right yeah, yeah. From, oh. he's a league guy in severance he's a no 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 i'm not talking about adam i'm talking adam. about there was a guy from like a tv show it's not Severance, but he's on a TV show and he was wearing like a pale blue look from like top to bottom. He's a little bit of like a kind of an interesting looking man. Mm. Young. Yeah. Well, Seth Seth wore like a powder p- uh, pink suit to the Globes and that looked really yes, cool. Yes, Seth Rogen wore that. That was yeah, amazing. That was amazing. So guys um, are stepping it up, which they I They are. They're doing it. They're yeah. trying. Yeah. And, also- Adam, and I will say Adam Scott's outfits have been fire. Like he's yeah. he wore that... He and I were both boiling because we were both wearing gray cashmere mm. at the Critics' Choice, oh. and like, which was fantastic when we were outside. But inside that ballroom, we both were like dying roasting. and <laughs> roasting. Um, and then uh, Paul Dana's suit at the Critics' Choice was so cool too. Yeah. I do think that there's like interesting fashion stuff happening for men, but I think that the important thing and like what you hit upon and what I feel very deeply is that you want a person who like helps you with the access and helps you with the looks and pulls all the stuff for you. Right. Who also isn't treating you like you're an inconvenience because you have a body or because you're yeah. not a six foot tall person that fits into a sample. You yeah. know, like that gray dress did not zip up my upper rib cage. Casey knows my rib cage. <laughs> my rib cage post Harvey, do you want to know? Something you have big ribs. I have know? big ribs too. I had a well, dance instructor one time come up to me and they're like, oh, and it's like, oh, you have a big rib cage. And I was like, oh, thank you. And thank like, that's <laughs> lovely of you to say. Do you want to hear something <laughs> funny? I have ginormous tits and like a tummy and a, a tiny butt, but tiny rib cage, tiny rib cage, which I know from and cheerleading because we're all made pe- different. people we're would, all made different. People would say, and I'm just, afraid to stand on your back because your ribs are too narrow. You just don't want, you just don't want to ever be made to feel like your some things that are out of your control mm. are like literally a barrier for them yeah. being able to do their job because I that's make my bullshit. fucking bones people no. yeah. and that's the thing you know speaking of the pivot is the idea that like i stopped trying to hide the things like you have you know your rib kit is big you have a belly you have a big 
behind. Let's try to cover that up. And I was like, all of those strikes that you're saying, oh, my accents and the, my assets are my ass. So <laughs> I'm going to show off my assets. <laughs> also, it's like you can't, you cannot hide those things. Like you can, yeah. you can you look flatter more them. Trying to try to cover them and be yeah. like, what are you doing? Just show them. You I, have them. You it's know? no secret. It's never a secret to anyone. And like the point of even dressing for these things, I think is to like make people think that you look good enough to like maybe see you in other things at some and, and in different ways or in mm. nothing, maybe who knows. Yeah. And so like, it doesn't do any good. I don't think to try to like trick anyone, not that that's possible, but I just, I don't, I never have. So that's why I, that's why I love your outfits so much because I think like sometimes you play with not just color but volume you wear sparkly things you get glam done oh that's another thing we uh, a woman that once did my glam for a photo shoot with busy does your glam sometimes danny and yeah yeah and uh so i just i really appreciate what you're doing what's your favorite thing that you've worn ever or like recently or whatever describe it so we can go look up the photo Ooh, um, there's a couple things. I like when I play with color. I like um, Comic-Con, had, I wore this really cool, like, uh, powder blue, um, high-waisted, like, sailor pant with, uh, uh, like, a powder blue cheetah and pink uh, top that was tucked in. It was really fun. But also, at Comic-Con, the last time before that, I wore this 1920s, like, finger wave hairdo. Yes. With eye and a V-plunging um, jacket. And with a, just like a skin tight um, um, open shirt and then um, slacks. And it was just like so like, I don't know, it was like it was giving me like Marlena Dietrich meets like Dick Tracy. Meets, like yes. it was just all these things into one that I just like really liked. It was masculine, but it was feminine. It was um, colorful, but it was subtle. It was chic. So I think one of my best and favorite looks is that one. And I think Lin-Manuel actually came up to me and was like, you look fucking fantastic. <laughs> it, was like, it was really nice. And I was like, um, but... Again, it was just like, oh, so he did start with it was it's good to see you and you look fine. So he did it the right way. I uh, love Lynn. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> such a great I think he's such a great guy and he's one of my all-time favorites. Um I just love him. He like this is true story. Talk about like people being welcoming and connecting. Like Lynn Manuel followed me on Twitter. I've, I'm sure I've told this on the podcast before. Lynn Manuel followed me on Twitter and we didn't interact much. Um, because like everybody wanted to talk to him. Uh, and I just knew I loved him from the In the Heights commercials from when mm. I lived in New York City because I couldn't afford to go see the show, but I loved the commercials so much and was like rooting for him just based on the commercials for In the Heights. And, um, one time he just DM'd me and he was like, listen, I am such a fan of your Twitter. I just really want to let you know I enjoy it. I have a friend from like middle school and I feel like you guys would be good friends. Would it be cool if I introduced you to her? And I was like, that is so, <laughs> it's so nice. What? And he introduced us and we became friendly and it was just so great. She's a writer too. And I, I really like her. And I just think that like, there's nothing kinder than someone who's like, I think you're good enough to be friends with someone that I care about. Like, you know, right. but, like that's, that. That's a high compliment. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I really love how, how he operates. And uh, I, I think he's such a sweet guy. Um, And he was right. You did look, I remember the finger waves. I remember seeing photographs of it and, and it was such a fantastic look. Yeah, I love that. And the makeup, like I remember my friend Romy, like a smoky eye. And it was, uh, 
And it, yeah, I just, I really liked it. It was uh, all together. And then recently I really liked my Golden Globes look. Um, it was like the, not too over the top gold in the jacket, but it was uh, monochromatic with the bow tie and the undershirt. So it was all black and then the slacks and then like the Dolce & Gabbana shoes. Like it was just like very clean, very crisp and the wave of the hair, very old 1940s Hollywood. Um, but that's what I like to do. I like to take old looks that you would never see a person of my size or even my background um, kind of recreate. Like you never yeah. saw a plus size Latino in old Hollywood uh, be like, um, you know, have like a finger wave. You didn't right. see that. So I'm rewriting and changing the narrative of how we see Hollywood actors, especially the new the new ones in front of us. I love that. Well, I have a fashion I question. I have a fashion question for both of you before we let... Harvey has to go record some VO for something because he's you're in like every great animated project right now, besides having season five of what we do in the shadows coming up. You're also in uh, Blue Beetle coming up, right? Beetle comes out this summer. Super excited. And Puss in Boots is in theaters now. Yeah, Puss in Boots is in theaters now. Here's my question for you guys. Okay, so Busy and I are doing some live shows coming up and... um, do you think like for a live podcast like on stage on in a theater do you think a regular person like me is it okay to wear sequins in a non-holiday non-award show situation of course do absolutely. you feel like absolutely well, sequins are everywhere now casey you think sequins, sequins are for, all the time sequins are for all of us yeah okay. sequins are for all of us it's and everywhere the, I, it is everywhere and i do think that the trick with sequins is you got to like play with the um with the rest of with the, the levels. Yeah. Like I like personally am very into a thing I've seen of late, which is like, like a sequin skirt with like a vintage tee and like yeah. a little blazer, you okay. know, like it's like, it's like you're, you're up, you're down. What are we doing? Where are we? <laughs> I just, that's what I, I think that, but I also think like sequins are for sequins are for her. <laughs> And him. Yeah. and him, and him, and him. Sequins are for her and him. For them, for them. Sequins are. You know for what? Them. That's right. Let's degender this whole fucking bitch. Sequins are for them. <laughs> well, I'll take a picture in the outfit I was thinking of and send it to you, like you have sent me uh, sketches of outfits because that has uh, delighted me. And I, Harvey, I just like you so much. I think you're such a wonderful person, and I'm so happy for all the success that you are having, both um, on screen and also it seems like in life because it just seems like everybody loves you, and it's easy to see why. Oh, well, that's very nice. And same to both of you. You're both Aww. lovely. And I'm just uh, sad I, I didn't get to go to the bathroom with you, Busy. Uh, I know. Yeah. Next, time, next time, just follow me out. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Just I didn't want to bother. Come. I'm just going to knock on the door. I'm going to be like, hey, girl, it's me. <laughs> I had some good moments in the bathroom. Anyway, um, Herbie, it was so great to see you. And, um, and I hope we get to hang out. We'll have our moments sometime. Yeah, we'll get we to will. we'll get to like hang somewhere yeah. sometime. Yeah, I'm and interested. I'm gonna, like, all, yeah, let me know who you recommend for stylists. I am. I'm gonna send you like a bunch of things. Yeah. A bunch of ideas. And, I have like right. multiple ideas. Thank Love you for it. making time for to talk to us today because I know you are extremely busy and uh, this has just made me smile and I was so excited knowing that we are gonna get to hang out with you today. Thank same, you for same. having me. This is so yeah. fun. Anytime, let me know. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Harvey. Bye, Bye, Harvey. Um, hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm all 
all right. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I talked to my therapist. I've been having a rough time. Okay. I'm going to tell you just a, a like an abbreviated version of what happened so that you can, what? Oh, are, is this podcast or personal? I was going to tell you podcast vibes. Oh, okay. So we should tell everybody that we... But did it. We took a break and you we had, had to take a day. I had yeah. to take a day. I couldn't, okay. I like actually was having a hard time talking without crying. Gotcha. Okay. And so, and so Casey's very kind. And as I just pointed out in my podcast post, yes, she's the one that just lost her mother. Um, <laughs> and is somehow managing to show up, but like, listen, different people deal with things differently. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. grief is grief comes in many forms in many ways at many times. Um, and just really briefly, I wanted to like explain for the podcast, like a version, like a version of like without being, without talking, without being too personal, because right. there are believe it or not, guys. I love you so much, but there are things that like we don't talk about here. Yeah, I know people just have the idea that I'm an open book and I share everything. And the truth right. is like, obviously when I, I mean, there are still people on my Instagram, like from the other day that are like, wait, ex-husband, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, guys get with it. It's been like two and a half years. Keep up. Um, but I get, I get it. You know, that's, that's how these relationships are. These like, you know, even with people that you're friends with in real life that you yes. mostly keep up with through social media. And we know like the algorithm fucks with us. You know, we talk about I'm gonna it. Ch- I'm going to start boosting some posts. Kate. Yeah. I'm going to start paying for my, <laughs> some of my like personal posts. Just yeah. let's, I'm going to advertise that shit. I'm going to put, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to be like divorce announcement <laughs> when it's all said and done. I'm going to pay to boost the post sacrifice some dollars to the <laughs> to the gods of instagram of the algorithm so the gods of the fucking algorithm they'll oh smile God. on our posts about uh live show tickets and and just see if it works out but anyway sorry to interrupt i just wanted to clarify for myself and for people yeah sure sure wait which one what are you what? Well, I was saying I didn't know if you were wanting to talk like off, you know, sometimes. Oh, oh I here, see. I see. Here's a, a Hollywood podcast break. It's not a Hollywood break at all. Sometimes busy and I, when we're recording the podcast, we talk about a bunch of personal shit that we don't put in the podcast and we have to cut it all out. So the only people that ever know mm-hmm. about that stuff is me, her and Josh, our editor, who is such a dear that he Shout always. Shout out, Josh. He always skips over all of that stuff that he's like, that's none of my business or whatever but I mean oh bless his heart also I wouldn't wouldn't be so strong (laughs) can I tell you I actually did I tell you what my friends in Sweden who had moved to Sweden said when I asked her what the hardest thing had been for her yeah like herself her in the moving and she said honestly eavesdropping oh because she speaks enough Swedish her husband's Swedish she speaks enough Swedish to sort of like get by and in circum you know in like ways that you need to yeah yeah but she's like I can't sit on public transit and listen to people's conversations I can't sit in a restaurant and overhear somebody's thoughts about things and she's like and it's really interesting like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that is a thing that you would like deeply miss but it's a connection to humanity it's a connection to like other people around you right that that she's like, I really, really fucking miss. I right. really miss it. 
And I thought that was so interesting. And also like, I realized how frequently we all connect. I mean, that's what podcasts do, right? Right. Like, like people say, oh, I feel like I'm like hanging out with my friends and listen, you know, and listening to them chat. Right. Which you are, you fucking are. Right. But it's like, if you sat on the same train every day in the same place and you like saw the same people, you look, you know, like you, you track people's stories it's just true you just do yes you know but then when you're taken out of that like I don't know I just thought it was really interesting that she was able to like have the um emotional intelligence to pinpoint that that was something she really missed I I now that you're mentioning it I mean I don't think of myself as like a big eavesdropper like I'm not trying to get the gossip but that's what I yeah 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 but Mm -hmm. I am such a listener like one time I was on the train and a lady was on the phone making a million phone calls and she was trying to find maternity ski pants and I it was like the best thing that I ever overheard in my life because I wanted to be like should you be skiing (laughs) But I just didn't. I just listened to her looking for maternity ski pants for like an hour. And it was really, it was one of the great joys of my life. So yeah, I would miss that if it had happened in Swedish. So also Mercury is out of retrograde as of so today. So they say just, as of that's today. That's what they say. That's what they say. God. I mean, as of today when we're recording this, I don't know if it'll get out today, but we'll... we'll Honey, we don't know what's going to happen. It'll be, you know, to, as of Wednesday, Mercury is... And I want to like, I really do want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that like, I have just been, I've been really going through it and, um, and I've like, and I was having a hard time. I was just, um, those of you who struggle with anxiety, depression, and also just like fucking being a person in this moment in time, like know that when you get in or anyone who's done therapy like when you get in your like limbic system you know which is like out of your when you get out of your like body and rational person and into like your lizard brain that's what your limbic system is it's right. your fight or flight it's your like whatever some for some people and I'm one of them it's really hard to fucking recover from that right. like and I, so this thing happened after the Critics' Choice Awards that like fully put me into my like limbic brain and then triggered all these other things. And like, it's been very hard for me to recenter myself. And um, yesterday I was like having a really tough time. And I, after we did the first part of the podcast, I talked to my therapist I actually had dinner with Mark and like just adults and like talked about stuff and he was very kind and super helpful. And guys, we're not getting back together. Just like no one, can we just, no one's saying that except for one of my friends said that. And I was just like, now it's, I'm like in my head that people are going to think that because I speak so highly of him, but it's like, this has been, we're, we are good, but we're not, it's not. It's not like that. Like you're not he's, a, you're not a part. You know what I mean? Like it's, we're, we're family. Yeah, he's my family. Yeah, everybody. We, he is my family. We all have and to like stop thinking about it in that binary way that we think. I, of. That's exactly fuck. Oh my god! Thank you, Casey. Stop. Let's just. Can we just get rid of the binary? Anyway. Um, and then today I woke up and I was back in it and like couldn't. And Mark was like, go to your ceramics class. <laughs> like, he's like, get the fuck 
go. Also, by the way, I do want to say something. Literally everyone around me and Michelle has tested positive for COVID, but we have not from the Critics' Choice Awards. I saw that a lot of people were testing positive from the Golden Globes and- Oh, no, no. But like- Critics' Choice Awards. And the Critics' Choice. But like, honestly, Michelle and I were around so many people who have tested pause, but she and I are not. Well, knock on wood. Knockwood for sure, especially for her because she's got that newborn. Yeah. Jesus. But I also think like they got it that night. Maybe. Right? I don't know. I've given up Who trying to like knows? figure. I mean, I figure you get into a room where like, I mean, and I don't want to, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying the facts are, I think I saw one person wearing a mask um, it, you know, just because at the Critics Choice Awards, I don't, at the Golden. I literally oh at, at the Golden Globe. Like ac- Michelle and I had like an actual joint panic attack when we first got like scooped in, ushered in to yeah. the thing. No one was wearing a mask. Like I sort of assumed. Well, I don't know. We went to when we went to the Gotham Awards. There were lots of people that were wearing masks yeah. here in New York. Yeah. There were lots of people, like almost all the people that worked there. Oh, interesting. Okay. All the photographers. Like at the Gotham Award, like most of the publicists, I would say like at the Gotham Awards, mm, I saw lots and lots of masks. Yeah. <laughs> at the Critics' Choice Awards, not a mask to be found. Not a mask. And Michelle and I were like literally like we both panicked and when we first got so you went we went through like the red carpet and yeah. then the, whatever and um then they like usher you downstairs into this like hall. Yes, yeah. Before you go into the ballroom mm-hmm. and the hall was like packed like sardines. Right. And like underground, <laughs> like there was no air. And I flipped, Michelle and I flipped out. And like, after we talked to Jenny Slate for two seconds, and then I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. And we went over to this like far corner where there was no one and there was like air flowing. Right. And we stood there. So if I managed to keep me and Michelle safe from COVID by finding fresh air and an oh empty corner, then I'm then I feel like I did my, the Lord's work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have been thinking of, um, the, I was just reading this like study about how certain UV lights in an environment, like a restaurant uh-huh. or a theater can kill COVID as it like floats up into the air. They're really expensive lamps, but I was like, I should invest. I should like take a second mortgage out on my house, invest all the money into those lamps and then um, start a rental business for inf- events in LA, and then go bankrupt when nobody wants to spend money to kill COVID. <laughs> well, because <laughs> apparently people just don't even fucking care, right? But right. anyway, um, so okay, so I'm going to tell you really. So I've been having like some other shit that's been going on in my life, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was, and I've been feeling a little bit, and I've been very fragile, but yeah. like feeling like I can like make my way through it, and like things like I can make my way through it and then what happened after the show which I do want to say I don't even remember I actually Casey I don't remember talking to you yesterday wow so 
I don't remember if I told you anything about the Critics' you Choice Awards. You didn't tell so- me any. You didn't tell me personally anything yet. Uh, but we said we were going to talk, but you just weren't in that place. And, okay. Um, yeah. So, um, well, did I tell you that? I was able to meet Claire Foy and I you showed her Birdie's that. picture. Okay. You mentioned that only, only good things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Right. So, um, okay. Well, also they feed you no food. They just give you tequila and champagne, right? Like it's like the stupidest thing of all I time. remember eating so much food there the last time I okay. was there. Can Someone I tell you something? Someone has to go get the food is the thing. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, they had these little like tapenade plates in front yeah. of us. And it was like an olive tapenade and a hummus, like a yeah. scoop of hummus, like the size of a silver dollar. Yeah. And whatever. Like, so all we had eaten. Also, like with all the Ozempic jokes flying around, I do just want to say, like, my best friend, Michelle Williams, doesn't even know what Ozempic is and like literally just had a newborn and looks the way that she does. And it's just like genetics for her. Do you know what I mean? She's just a little She's teeny, teeny, tiny. And she just looks that way. But like, like I'm not an Ozempic hater. Like, in fact, you and I have talked about it. I'm I'm actually pro-Zemps. Yeah. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. I just think it's like, I don't care right. and I think it's fine and I actually don't even think it's something to make fun of because I think it's like a kind of, I think, I don't know, it was on a podcast that Mark was listening to of like the greatest things to have happened in 2022. Yeah. And it was the discovery of like that peptide making such a difference in people's um blood sugar and metabolism like it could like change people's lives and it's a big fucking deal yeah because here's the thing it's so controversial right now right but here's what i want to say about ozempic is it's like originally first of all it's just a peptide it's like an you know it's it's not like a a synthesized drug or whatever and it's a relatively inexpensive peptide that has been bought by the pharmaceutical industry and you know and it the cost is like tenfold from what it is if you know which we've talked about on the podcast before and then I think it's like it's you know obviously it's something that diabetic people a lot of diabetic people are being prescribed and it's life-saving for them and that's amazing they need it for their diabetes and uh and And Manjaro and Manjaro is also right but then they discovered that it does help some people, not everyone, not everybody, some people, it helps them lose a modest amount of weight, like 10 to 15% of their body weight, which could, is not going to make most people, especially people who are quote unquote overweight, people of size, it's not going to make them thin. It's going to make their weight more manageable. And so now there's- And what happens, wait, and I just want to interject. Yeah. And what happens when people- have weight that's more manageable is that they tend to then be able to do things like really start to exercise. Right. Really. And then they, and they see a difference and they start to like maybe make healthier choices with food. 
right? right. It's true. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I I would contend that a lot of people of size make healthy choices with food. And it's just Well, like I'm, you know, know. it's my family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's just their biology. And so that's where it does seem like magic because suddenly this medication comes along and you can do the exact same fucking thing and somehow lose weight, which should tell people, oh, it's the fucking biology. It's not all behavior. A lot of it is, actually, I just wrote a comment on like a Facebook post because I looked up the details. I was reading a study that 95% of your weight is predetermined by your biology and 5% is your behavior. Yeah, no shit. And by the way, no shit. And that 80% of weight ever lost by people is regained. And well, that's the, but this is the whole biggest loser thing. Right, that exactly. was the whole biggest loser conversation, why it doesn't work. Somebody it's like Jillian Michaels to come on the podcast, by the way. And I just didn't. Anyway, anyway, forget that I mentioned that. That's not in the podcast. Um. <laughs> no, but like, that's the whole thing that came out about biggest loser. Like why right. ultimately it it's, was a failure. It's dangerous because, and a failure. Yeah. Because and, it's biology. Right. It's right. not like a thing you can control. So for right. me, as a person who literally grew up in a family where I watched the biology. Yeah. My biology versus my sister's biology versus my mother's and my father's. Like yeah. my my dad and I, people would say, I even like when I, when I was on that magazine that like Chicago magazine and I went to Chicago my aunt Barbara Jean came to the thing and everyone thought she was my mom right right because we like have the exact same body yeah you know and yet I see my other family members like have this wholly different experience and I'm understanding like what their calories input and output whatever like right. we're all eating relatively the same thing it right. doesn't make sense right it's fucking biology right so for me the ozempic thing is like i get so annoyed when people like call out ozempic because it's like the implication is like if you worked harder if you like it's like you're lazy right. and you don't want to do the thing and so you're using ozempic by the way, I don't even like it when like people are calling out celebrities on it. I don't fucking like it. It's like your bodies, you don't get a fucking gold medal because you like were born with a biology that was able to right. like burn more calories. Right. My point is like I understand there's an issue right now. There's a shortage and there, you know, obviously people are like using it up. Right. But and now so I people know that, are like but now we know that the, it's all fucking made up. Right. The it's probably is made, up. made up and, and it is made it up. could be remedied. Like, um, yes. But my issue is that like you can't have it both ways. And this is like, I feel like this happens to women all the time too, where people want to say that like, you need to speak up, but you need to speak up in a voice that doesn't hurt my ears. The same thing I think happens to heavier people where people are like, you know, you're fat and you're going to fucking die from your fatness. And then when you try to do something about it and use this medication, that's like the first thing that would help. People are like, oh, you fat fuck, you're taking this medication away from people that really need it. And it's right. like, you just, well, you just told me that I really pick a fucking lane. Yeah. Pick a lane. Like either you care that people live and they have the medication yes. that they need or, you know, or you and or and or. And by the way, I just want to say this and or the people who act as though like fat people and people of size are an inconvenience. Right. And like, right. fuck and like, ugh, but then are make it, you know, like it's just 
Right. I can't even imagine. Right. Because like everybody, you know, makes a huge deal um, about, you know, if you have to sit next to a plus size person on an airplane or whatever. And then I'm like, but like, how many times are you going to get up and go to the bathroom? You know what I mean? Imagine if I acted like you were a monster every time you wanted to do that. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. People have like really, really like dead spots in their vision for a lot of things. And and by the way, I have to listen to more podcasts and learn more things. But there was someone was just telling me about a podcast about how like dietitians like truly fucked all of us. American dietitians truly fucked all of us by like this idea of calories in calories out. Right. And like they tried to solve it like a like a math equation, but they didn't take into consideration that there are different kinds of calories and that like carbohydrates and sugar right. calories like actually weigh more than fat and protein calories. Right. It's so, it's, it's so, so complicated. They, like, so, and- that, so like we've been fucked for literally decades here right. in America right. because they've like, they had this campaign. Also, let's not even get into the fact that there's like lobbies for things like sugar, right. the sugar industry right. Right. and the fucking like, who even knows? The bread industry. Right. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just saying, guys, we don't know. We don't know. I'm not an expert. I can't even begin to be an expert. Yeah. It's just, I do know this. It's, it's all fucked. It's all fucked and it's very complicated. And like, yeah, I would just encourage people that have like heated feelings about these things to try to understand where someone who has a different point of view um, than you might uh, try to understand where they're coming from and like believe their experience. The only person right now whose um, point of view I don't think we should give a shit about is Ben Dreyfus. He's been having a day. I don't on, know who that is. He's Richard Dreyfus's son, and he's who just, cares? He's on a tirade about fat people about on Twitter, and he oh no, yeah, he just really thinks he's doing something. And um, you know that one of my the biggest jobs I ever lost that I was like the most devastated about ever was playing Richard Dreyfus's daughter on a show. I wish you had gotten to be his daughter because he could have used uh, a spare good kid in his life because I think that that Ben is a rotten egg maybe. Jesus Christ. We do our best. Here's what I know. He does have a real... We do our best. We do our best. He does have a real daughter and I don't... She could be perfectly lovely. I've never... And I don't know Ben Dreyfus. I didn't get the part. You know what I mean, Casey? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It doesn't I could have done. I could have done some work from the inside out, but maybe. I didn't get the part. Maybe. Richard, maybe. I don't know Richard Dreyfus. Like he could I don't be either. lovely too and just be stuck with I mean, with, I just auditioned with him a couple times be for that. Just stuck part, with but. like a clunker for a son. I don't know. You oh, know. Sometimes that happens. I mean, I <laughs> Okay, I do want to say I ran into a friend of mine in Los Angeles at the hair salon who has a 14-year-old son. Yeah. And we had a really fucking interesting, cool conversation about raising boys right now v. girls. Yeah. And how I was always, like, how my point of view is that it's always been such an eye roll to me, like, my entire life when people have seen my two little girls and they've been like, good luck to you in five years or whatever. Because I'm like... Raising badass feminist fucking stand up for themselves rad women is not difficult for me. Like right. I know exactly how the fuck to do that. And that's with information and constant conversation. <laughs> right. And like and like and 
engagement. Okay. If I were to have two boys and this is like, I saw my friend who's at like total fucking feminist, badass motherfucker. And she's got two boys who are basically the same ages as Birdie and Cricks. Like her kids are 14 and 11. Yeah. Two boys. And she's like, girlfriend, I am adrift. Like, she's like, it is so hard. Like, the 14-year-old fighting with her about Andrew Tate, like, but mom, like, not everything is bad. Da-da-da-da-da. Some of the stuff isn't true that they're saying. She's like, it is impossible because what they're trying to figure out is like masculinity what their own like relationship is like what it means and there's also that piece of like just wanting to fight with your parents like kids do have that yeah maybe yours didn't no they they fought with us they they did (laughs) but like the fuck Guys out there raising young boys right now and men I applaud you salute you whatever bless your hearts I hope you're keeping conversation going. I don't know. It's, I mean, I have to say you really, like, if you're on your own, that's one of the times when I'm like, it almost would be easier sometimes when I see, like, moms that I know. It would almost be easier if they were on their own because a lot of moms I see are trying to fight the good fight and they don't have dads that are backing them up and don't take take it seriously. I would say that 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 is probably 100% the case of my friend who's divorced and her ex-husband is, you know. Yeah, you know. And it it happens even with friends of mine that are still married. Like, the dad doesn't take it seriously. It's a big joke and, you know, and just can't be bothered. And, like, that's one thing I will say is that, like, whatever um, troubles Matt and I have had between us in the years, we've always, always had each other's back. Like, that was a rule that, like, if I say something goes, if, if, like, there's a consequence that I handed out or whatever, it cannot like he can't he can't go back on it like behind my back or like or let them off the hook same for him like if he if he said like this is a new rule in the house or whatever like I couldn't be like oh you know dad was just mad but you can really have ice cream or whatever like that wasn't you know we had to have each other's back anyway how did we get here from Ozempic we got here because I was going to tell you what happened you were to me dr- after you were the thing. Tequila, only tequila at the Critics Choice Awards. No food. No food. We went upstairs after, and like um, Michelle was talking to some people, and we got swe- and I was and Jen and I were talking, and we got swept into like a party of people that were going to eat in the restaurant at the hotel. Okay, and I was like, that wasn't my journey necessarily, but I was like, it's fine. I'm yeah. like, fine, it's fine. Okay. Um, just out of personal curiosity, have you talked to Emily? Do you know any of this? I have talked to Emily, but not about this. Well, okay. I just meant about this. <laughs> um, I just didn't know if she told no, you no, what she had didn't happened. Tell me anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so the podcast version of this story that I'm just going to give you really briefly is that a person who's, who is an actor, but like an actor person, <gasps> A person who I like know ish, yeah, um, was there, and um, in very in a in like a very like callous and um fast 
way told me that someone that I had loved a long time ago had died. Okay. Um, in like a really fucking weird way, like in like a, a way that only a sort of psychotic person would do <laughs> like, mm. like, Oh, by the way, we have someone in common, this person, you know, they died like that. Oh gosh. And I, on the heels of the, everything that I've been going through. Yeah. And then the tequila. <laughs> yeah. And no food and being in LA was so hard for me this time. Yeah. I like could I couldn't process it. Like I actually couldn't process the and it's so fucking weird. Just like because it wasn't like um it wasn't even done with any sort of um like grace around it. It right. was literally like what I just did to you is how it was done to me. Like, right. oh, by the way, we have someone in common. This person, you know, they died last year like that. Right. Right. And I like left the dining room <laughs> where yeah. we had walked to. And I was like, just, I like couldn't see, like, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I previously had not had it in a very long time, but I like actually couldn't see. Right. And then I was like in the kitchen of this restaurant, like sobbing hysterically. And thankfully Jen found me and took me outside to like a private area. And I called Mark and told him, and he was like, come back to New York, just come back and see cricket and see Gina. And, and, and I'm so sorry. And that is really fucking horrible to find out that way. And I'm, and just come home tomorrow. And I, then Jen like went back. I was like, I can't see that person again. Like right. the person that said that to me, because I don't, know them and I don't want to like talk to them about anything else like about more like details or I don't want I just wanted to get the fuck out it was so in like so it's so insane and was yeah. so inappropriate and was and whether or not this person knew my relationship with the person that died like I I don't know I how could I know I didn't know that the, I don't know it was all so fucking wild and I was just like I needed to get out so Jen went back inside, got my shit, got Michelle. Michelle came outside. I had called Emily because yeah. Emily also had known the person that died. And like I was talking to Emily on the phone and then Jen took the phone and was like talking to Emily and was like, I promise I'll like take care of her and like make sure she's yeah. okay. Yeah. And I was like, we just have to fucking leave this place. And so we left and saw Renee, like, it was like, it's like, it is one of those things a little bit where like the universe sort of just was like, here are all your people and they're just going to support you in this moment. Right. You know? Right. Like yeah. Renee had like gone to her room and changed or I don't even know where the fuck she went. And she just was like, happened upon us yeah. in the lobby and was like, what's happening? And we told her and she's like, we're leaving. And we like walked out the door and got in a car and went to another, like, we went to another restaurant place, hotel. We went to the Chateau where yeah. we saw 
our Harvey. friend. Harvey was Harvey. There. Well, I didn't see him, but we were there. <laughs> he was there, yeah. Um, but the rest of the night was a little bit of like, for me, like kind of just, I felt like I was in um, like some kind of like alternate universe, like yeah. bubble. It was really strange. Yeah. Um, but I was really grateful to my girlfriends for like scooping me up and like, like, I don't know. It felt yeah. like they just carried me out of and away. And, and, and the thing is like the, I don't know. I don't know. Like I talked to my therapist about it yesterday. Like the processing, the news about this person who passed away, like, would it be the same if I wasn't currently going through such like an upheaval in my emotional stability in life? I don't know. Like it really impacted me deeply in part because I have a lot of feelings around that relationship and like it was, it's really meaningful to me. It's like not anything that's like, I, I don't even know how to talk about it really like right. without it, you know? And, yeah. um, and anyway, so it was just really, it's been really weird yeah. and really hard. And then, um, and I feel like it like, you know, have you ever felt like a thing like opens a, a vein of trauma that you weren't ready for to be opened. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I you know that I'm only closed veins of trauma that only yeah, ever Yeah, no, I do know that. only ever <laughs> open accidentally when when I wasn't intending for them to. Um yeah, I mean, that's terrible. I'm really well, first of all, I'm really sorry that you lost someone and I'm sorry that you didn't know. You know, because I'm sure that played into it as well. You know, and I think we have all, maybe not all, but a lot of us have had that situation where you just know, you know, you just, you know, so many people and many of them mean a great deal to you. But the way that life is, sometimes you're just not in touch with that person, you know, but it doesn't mean that you're. Yeah, I, yes. It doesn't mean that it means any less or that you'd be, you know. Or that the. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Fuck, man. And like even giving that person that like said that information to you the benefit of the doubt. That I know. I've already gone. I've gone through this. And that I was there's, like, bless, bless. Yeah. I, I, but, please. But, but to be, but also to be fair, but to be fair. Yeah. She was like a fucking asshole to me before. Mm. And I didn't. And like. And she's been an asshole to me before that. Right. And it was really weird and felt like I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I like just have to say. It's not okay. It actually, I I am, you know me. Yeah. I'm the biggest benefit of the doubt giver. Yeah, of course. I really am. I really love right. to give a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. No, I, I was the best in people. I just wanted to say, even like if it was completely innocent, like even mm -hmm. even if it was completely innocent, like I still think like I don't know that your reaction would have been any different to like just hearing news like that. Like it's just, you know, that's just not I mean it's it just not news that you'd want to hear. No, that's correct. It did feel really aggressive in the like timing of it like yeah. like as if it like I don't know there are like other way I guess I don't know my therapist again my therapist Lita shout out to Lita like we talked about it yesterday too like I was like it just felt like even if she had 
said something like, um, oh, did you, I mean, I'm sure you heard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, even if I had been led a little bit along the path of where we're about to go, but to like, be like, ha ha ha, drunk. She's kind of a dick to me. I'm like, oh my God, you're good. Right. And I literally was like, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, she's always kind of a dick to me. That's hilarious. And then to be like, oh, we have someone in common, this person. You know, they died last year. Like, what the fuck? Right, right, yeah. It was like aggressive. Yeah. Ugh, ugh. There's, there's got to be a happy medium with tell. I mean, now I'm thinking about the doctor. God bless him. The doctor that called me from the ER with my mom. Ugh. He was so. And that's his job. It was his job, and he was so, 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 so nice. But his method, now that I'm thinking about it, led me to believe that my mom was still alive for no, like a I minute. Don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like and it. I, was I like, don't like it. I don't oh. like it. Why? He was like, I was oh like, God, maybe just no. a couple hopeful sentences before oh. you, before you deliver. So like, uh, but it's, uh, I mean, it is, it's not easy news to deliver. That's what I'm saying. No. And so I'm saying do it with care. But also, I do want to just say this at an like post award show with someone you don't know is yeah. it information that is yours to give. You know what this is making me think of the first huh. thing that the first thing that I ever knew to be a viral video, which was this is before viral video even existed, and you oh my god, you cannot find it on the internet. But Jennifer Tilly was on a red carpet. I remember it. I remember it. And I uh, actually remember this yes. very well. And a reporter asked her what it was like to work with Bruno Kirby, who she had worked with years ago, the actor Bruno Kirby. I remember And this. she lovingly like launched into like, oh, he's the greatest, blah, blah. And then the reporter was like, he died today. And she had a breakdown like right there on the carpet because that is like, what? Did you expect for her? Of course she hadn't heard. Of course she hadn't heard. Like, you know, they had worked together and obviously admired each other, it seemed like. And Mm. But that's how this business works. You know, you grow apart. And it just was like, that was the first time I just kept seeing that video over and over online. And I just Mm. felt so badly for Jennifer Tilly because I was like, what did that person fucking think they were trying to do? What 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 did they like a real gotcha moment? Like, yeah, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be great television, you know, to devastate Jennifer Tilly on a red carpet. And like to whoever's credit out there, it's really you can't really find that clip online. I've looked for it actually because I was trying to uh help my husband prepare a class on like media studies or something that he was teaching at one point and I was looking for I feel that. I like we've also talked about it. Yeah, I think we have too. I have looked for that clip and I just like, you know, to whoever's credit, it's basically wiped from the internet, but it's basically like the same thing. Like it's about it's a little bit about like, oh, I have that I have this magnifying glass and it's sunny out and there's like a bug on the sidewalk. Like, let's see what happens when I hold it. You know what I mean? Like you, you, I feel like you'd have to kind of know that you were deploying a bomb. I mean, also to be fair, I feel like, yeah, I I don't know what this person's motivation was for telling me that. I mean, I, in my most generous of spirits want to believe that they that that person meant a lot to them as well. Yeah. And they like wanted to talk to me about that person. Yeah. And I 
I'm never going to give them that. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. It's never fucking happening. She can rot in hell. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm just, it was very hurtful. Yeah. And also I like, it wasn't, it's for me, it was not an ideal moment to like, receive right. that information the way that I, it just right. was all bad which that was well, all like, bad that person couldn't have known but also like you all weren't friends before then and right. so you're right. not going to go right. forward being friends and it's fine no. and so no. all you have to do is like just get through like your feelings about this moment and it's fine right. like not everybody has to be right but like it also like did trigger because of other things that I'm going through there was like it like everything sort of compounded and like piled on do you know what I mean right yeah and that's why I've felt so like destabilized the last few days so I just wanted to give you like a little bit of yeah sure context without telling you like exactly whatever um that was fucking weird and upsetting yeah I do want to say after that we did go to the chateau and um ended up hanging out with Kate Hudson who I have known literally my yeah I feel like my entire life yeah and she and I've and Oliver her brother right and I have been really close friends in moments and like have been friends for like 25 years or whatever and he's always been like you and Kate would be best friends you guys would love each other and I was like Okay, Oliver, like, I love you, but, like, she and I have never had our thing. Like, we've never had the moment where we're, like, we could be best friends. Like, we've, like, had moments together where I'm, like, okay, cute. But, like, (laughs) never, but whatever. You just never had that, had that. Oh, my God. But that fucking night, she was, like, a goddamn angel. And we had the best time. And she was so fun and so sweet and, like... We just literally had the best time and ended it with like, I was like, are you moving to New York so we can be best friends? Like, I I love you. Yeah. And Michelle's like, move to New York. (laughs) Like, she was so great to us. Yeah. And, but also like she and I had, I do, I did see finally after fucking whatever, 25 years. Yeah. Why Oliver was always like, you and Kate should be best friends. Yeah. I was like. I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm like, oh, I totally get it. Yes, 100%. We can yeah, I mean, I don't know her very well personally, but she has a great sense of humor. I do know firsthand because whenever she's been on shows that I've worked on, she always never box. Always never? She never ever. She always never <laughs> She never box at any of the humor that is sort of like pointed at her. And um, she's always been really, really super nice to me um, and and lovely. And uh, and I've met her in professional situations and also just at, at a couple parties. And she just um, is very nice to make party chit chat with someone who's a mega superstar. And they're not looking like they're looking through you to see like who's better coming through the door you know and so I always feel like she's uh she's been very cool that way yeah well I have to say uh I really appreciated like the end of our evening was really fun and like and like ended up being like good even I mean I cried I literally like cried at the table you know what I mean like we were I was still like very emotional I was emotional yesterday. Like I obviously was like, I'm as emotional the day that I flew back. Like I've been trying to like move through these things, you know, but like, um, 
she was just really sweet. So uh, that's that. Wanted to get through it all. Wanted to give you guys a little bit more than what I was giving you before. Not because, like, I don't know. I just... Fuck, man. You just weren't ready to say it. You mm -hmm. needed to formulate your thoughts. And that's okay. That's okay to, like... I wish more people would do that. I wish more people would just uh, bite their tongue until they know that they know the right way to say something, you know? Uh, not always, like, uh, and, you know, not like you're going to be punished if you say something the wrong way, but there's nothing wrong with taking a minute to be thoughtful about something that you want to say thoughtfully. Nothing wrong 100%, with it. 100%. Um, and so I went to pottery today. That's good. Killing it. A lot of people in my life are doing pottery right now. Who? Who else? Um, Julie La Couture. Oh, Julie. She's actually been like doing pottery that's so good. She's like selling it. it it's like great. She's very talented. Um, but yeah, just a lot of friends I noticed have been taking pottery classes and going to the pottery studio. It's very cool. I, you know, I did it in college. Yeah. And then I have been revisiting in this latest of the wheel yeah but you know i like hand build i've always like continued to hand build yeah sculpt and whatever but like yeah so i really like it That's oh and good. i got my tattoo yesterday oh yeah what'd you get it's an acorn oh little acorn cute it is cute nice did it hurt there um it really fucking hurt Casey. yeah on I'm those like anything that's like tendony and bony it's yeah. not not my fave it was tough, but <laughs> I made it through. And then tonight, um, I'm going to go see my fave, Andy Schaff. Okay. You know who that is? I don't know who that is. I, I was think. in that music video. Remember when I was in that music video a long time ago for the Fox Warren band? Oh, yeah, yeah. Andy Schaff is like, he, that's his band, but okay. like he's like a singer-songwriter from Canada. Oh, great. And he has a new album that comes out tonight, and... I'm going to go see his band play. And then Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus with Boy Genius. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Julian Baker, the most depressing music, um, is the third. <laughs> they released three songs today, which are so good. Yeah, I heard people um, were excited about it. I was very excited. Yeah. So there's good music that's happening. I don't fucking know, Casey. I'm trying my best. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. What are you doing there best at this week? Well, I mean, you know, just again, like having a parent die and having to handle their estate is like, it's really like my new part-time job at least, just tracking down all this shit and like, uh, you know, just tracking down everything. But I will say that Matt and I, um, not as like a New Year's resolution, but just kind of decided to embark on a skincare routine. Like, Lovely. Trying to do a skincare routine just to, you know, because, like, I just have super sensitive skin and I don't know. It's just nice to spend five minutes on yourself. Kind of nice. But um, he's been doing better at it than I have. I've been skipping, like, sometimes I skip or, like, immensely abbreviate the nighttime routine and we were we were actually at Emily Beebe's and somebody was talking about a parent having diabetes and they were saying that they don't take care of themselves the way that they should and I 
went on this whole tirade about like, well, I mean, I, you know, I just give it up to them because I have to imagine that like having to test your blood sugar all the time and do all the things that you have to do when you have diabetes is like a fucking job and a half. And like, I was like, I already have like at least 33% quit my skincare routine. That's not even hard. It's not even like, it doesn't even draw blood from me. And I'm already like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm scared. You know, I just want to do this. I mean, and I I've don't done a 47-step skincare <laughs> routine since I was 12 years old. Just I FYI. mean, it, not me, not this girl. And uh, it's not even like a hard skincare routine. And sometimes I'm just like, I just don't want to. And I think it's like, for me, I, if I may, for myself, I think it's probably like a sensory processing issue. Like I love to go swimming, but I hate to be semi-wet. That's weird. I know. But like, I can't stand anything. I can't. I hate washing my face at a sink and having like water drip down my arms. Wow. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Hate mm-hmm. it. Um, and sometimes I really like would prefer to take a bath than a shower because I hate having like needles of water touching me. Like, yeah, no, I get that. You know. I mean, that's why I'm a, such a bath bitch. Yeah. yeah you I know. So, um, but so anyway, yeah, I'm like, sometimes I just don't want to have like wet bangs and a wet face and wet wrists. And like, I just, you know, is there a different way to do it? So like, maybe if people have like sensory issues out there and you're good at your skincare routine, maybe you'll have tips for me or something. But like, yeah, as it is, I'm like, not doing my best at it, but at least I'm doing it sometimes. Matt is doing it all the time. And then also it led me on a tirade. Um, not a tirade, but a, a miniature, well-intentioned, loving rant about how, like, if your parents have diabetes or whatever the fuck else, like, it might be hard. It might be hard to take care of themselves the way that they're supposed to. And, yeah. um, and like, it seems like a lot of work. So, you know. <sighs> We just have to keep encouraging everyone to do their diabetes care, their skin care, their mental health care, all that shit, you know? For sure. It's all connected. I mean, I just was having a moment where I was like, fuck, if I can't wash my face, I I don't know how someone's like pricking their finger every hour or whatever the the hell they have to do, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. (laughs) But anyway. I really do. But anyway, it's fine. I think it Uh might be like, giving me some breakouts so I might have to adjust my products okay. and uh, it might be giving me some milia. I'm really susceptible to milia. Ugh, the worst. Of which the worst. like if it. you don't know at home is like it's like a whitehead but it's like deep mm. under your skin and so you can't pop it and it really has to be well, it's like, like it's, a, it's a calcified yeah, whitehead yeah, so it's yeah. like it has to be extracted. Yeah. Um, which is just mm-hmm. like you know who wants those? Not mm, me, but no all of a sudden, no like, I have, like, seven of them. So I might have to adjust my stupid fucking Jesus. routine that I don't I'm even so really want to so do. Sorry. But anyway, but I'm doing my best to, like, you okay. know. Get on that train. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I mean. I mean, Casey. Let's <laughs> be, I mean, let's be honest. Well, you came, you came back today. I did. I had a con. I like had one moment where I was like, I contemplated not. Yeah. I was like. What would happen if <laughs> I just didn't? Yeah. But here I am. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. To be a person. But you did it. And you well, will. Uh, you'll... We're going to continue to be a person. Yeah. And I want to say this, like, it's it's interesting because, you know, I had like one of my really close friends 
um, committed suicide a few years ago. Yeah. And I've had friends who've had like suicidal ideations. And mm-hmm. I just want to say this, like I've never, it's not me. Like I've never had that. I've never, it's never been me. Like yeah. I, as hard as this fucking shit gets, like it's, that's not, that's why I also like the body thing where I know it's like biology. Yeah. It's like, I know that that thing is not, I, it's chemical. It's not. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Um. Yeah. And anyway, I, I'm doing my best at trying to not be like embarrassed by my own emotions. That's good. Yeah, sure. I mean, (laughs) well, I know that it's hard because I think we all get embarrassed by our feelings sometimes, you know, and I think like when we get embarrassed is when we feel like we can't keep our feelings in check. Um, But as you're saying, like in this instance, it really just opened up like a treasure trove of of feelings that probably were connected in a lot of ways and maybe even some things that just weren't connected and just came out, came on out for the ride, gushed out. They just decided to show the fuck up. Yeah. And, you know, and there's, there's nothing that you can really do except for like live through that. And it's I know, really, and I'm really trying to live through it. It's like really fucking hard. Courtney Love in 1994. <laughs> I am living. I'm gonna live through it. I'm yeah, gonna live through this. Yeah, I'm gonna live through this. Yeah, I know I'm gonna live through this. I know you are. I just, too. I'm like, just, I gotta live through it. I gotta fucking live through it. That's yeah. what I'm doing my best at. You guys, I love you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being patient with the um, show being late. Thank you for buying tickets for our shows in San Francisco and uh, New Jersey and, and Boston. Boston. Yes. Thank you for being very kind to both of us. Yes. And um, and we love you and thank you so much. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.